Hello, this is Paul McGann. And this is Jake McGann. And you and are you're listening, listening to, to Travelling the Vortex. Ding dong. Travelling the Vortex. as he travels the vortex and he is about to enter the cube that is episode number 181 i'm keith i'm sean i'm glenn unfortunately there are no windows for him to look out of. <laughs> happy father's day thank you you're not a father you're yeah, a grandpa te- he I'm a technically grandpa. technically technically i mean you're technically essentially essentially there you go that's <laughs> probably more appropriate <laughs> And happy You're Father's pretty much Day the too. father figure in those kids' lives now. So pretty much, yeah. 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 Uh, it counts. Happy and, Father's Day, and, and, and Mel's. So <laughs> that's sad. Actually, I see her more as a mother figure over, figure over you. But <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> but all dads do. She, she so. keeps me on the straight and narrow. Because wife is usually wife and mom in most cases, <laughs> in significant other and mom as well. So. Yeah. Do you have a good Father's Day? I did. Um, my dad and mom and my sister and her daughter, because my nephew is at camp this week, uh, came over and we grilled out. So, oh, very yeah. nice. Cool. Just some hot dogs and hamburgers and um, brats uh, and all the fixings. How was Mason feeling? He's better. Got his tonsils out on Wednesday, and he was a real trooper. Um, but at the last minute, he said... I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> Just before he was getting ready to go into a pre-op. And I felt so bad, but I walked him to the door, and then they went back. And, of course, you know, you can't be back there when they do all the yeah. anesthetic and everything. But it only took, you know, check-in probably took us, you know, and, and pre-op stuff probably took about an hour and a half-ish. And then the, the surgery itself was only about 20 minutes. Oh, and then bad. they called me back. And he he was just kind of waking up and opened his eyes, and he looked at me. And the first thing he said to me, it melted my heart, was, did I do good, Daddy? Oh, <laughs> man. Yes, you did great. So, yeah, he was a real, real champ. Um, he came out of it just fine. Uh, he didn't have a lot of pain when he woke up, but they were they, – when they come out of anesthetic, then a lot of times they have, like, nauseous and stuff. And he mm-hmm. he did so well. He was just fine up until just before we were about to leave. And they set him up so that he could get dressed. And he just oh. – it all came up. So – but they still – they went in and said, well, it, that, that may happen some more. And it did on the way home in the truck. Um, but luckily they sent the little – The baggy tray. No, those little oh, trays, yeah. you know, that the they have. The kidney-shaped ones. Yes, yeah, yeah those. And Why they are sent, they kidney-shaped? They sent some of those with – I, I assume no because it yeah, kind of – Yeah, kind of – like You know what? But if I'm going to – with him, it was all right because he didn't have anything in his stomach since like the night before. If I'm going to vomit, well, it's going to be a lot of fun. I've well, a couple that, of those that, That's the thing is they send those with you at post-surgery where you're not supposed to have eaten beforehand. Right. And I got one of those with my teeth, and it was mostly to catch the blood ah, yeah. from my wisdom teeth. So it's more just to catch in case. It's a lovely conversation we're having. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm sure our <laughs> listeners really love this. But, but anyway. But like you said, he didn't have anything in his stomach, so it's not going to be a big so deal. So that's the idea up. of it. Uh, a lot of water and his medicine, unfortunately, the first oh. dose of his painkillers. So, um, but we, we went right home. We actually had to go to Walgreens first and get his prescription, which was 
kind of painful because he just wanted to go. He was, he wasn't still, he wasn't in pain after. He was just so tired because number well, one, he's not used to that kind of yeah. I mean, I don't think he went to sleep very early that night. I mean, we, he we put him down regular time so that he was, you know, ready. But then we had to be there at seven forty-five Wednesday morning, so he had to be up, you know, at about seven o'clock, which for him is not abnormal. And then, but the, the anesthetic really made well, him groggy and tired, yeah. and he he just wanted to go home and sleep, or he would just want to go lay down. He didn't necessarily even sleep when he got home. Um, but it was funny because I told him, uh, I said before the surgery, he's been wanting. I, told, I talked a little bit about I was going to buy him that video game, Comic Jumper, yeah. and uh, it's on Xbox, so it's downloadable. So I know it's ready to go. So after we we were getting ready to go home, I said, "So um, what you what were you going to do when you get home?" He goes, "I don't know." And I said, well, do you want to play that game, that video game? And he goes, yeah, I'm going to do that. <laughs> and then he sat there for a few minutes, and his eyes closed, and he opened it back up. He says, I don't think I'm going to do anything when I get home. <laughs> I said, that's all right. We can do it later. He says, yeah, maybe we'll download it tomorrow. I said, okay, no problem. Well, at about 3 o'clock in the afternoon, when the little guy's finally up and awake, he says, um, can you download that game for me? <laughs> I said, well, you said I had to do it tomorrow. So, <laughs> so I downloaded it. Got it for him. So um, he's he's doing good. He's he, he's going to have pain for a few weeks, and he's on meds. But he's just he's so pent up now. He's got all this energy, and he's ready to go. Oh and yeah. We can't let him, you know, get up and run around and do the things that he wants to do. So it's, we're at that frustrating point now where he just wants to be up doing stuff. And it, it was frustrating because you know it, for days we've all been eating real food, and he has to eat soft oh, food. Yeah. So it's a lot of mac and cheese and and. He did, he, I did go get him ice cream the first day, and he kept that down. Um, and he's had ice cream two or three times since, so he's really milking the ice cream. Well, but, as you do. But he, he wants to eat chicken, chicken nuggets so bad, Aww. so bad. We have to keep telling him no. We, so hopefully by the end of this week he'll be you able to blend them. chicken nuggets. See, I think I'm at that sure age I would have just lived like off that. of SpaghettiOs. See, he doesn't like spaghetti. He doesn't like SpaghettiOs. He's a real picky kid, so that makes it even worse. Yeah. There's quite an extensive amount of soft foods on the soft food diet that they gave us. But of those, the only things <laughs> he like are mac and cheese, applesauce, yogurt, ice cream. And then so we start over again. Mac and cheese. <laughs> what about Alfredo? He doesn't like Alfredo. He doesn't either. like Alfredo. No, he doesn't. He's he's real. Most of the Italians chicken nuggets. Off the, off the yeah. Chicken nuggets. That's the thing he eats. Mashed potatoes. Mashed potatoes. He has. He does. He has eaten mashed potatoes. I forgot about that. that See, was yeah, when time. I was that age, I wouldn't have eaten mashed potatoes. <laughs> See, but he doesn't like gravy on him. He just wants plain well, mashed potatoes. Fine. No butter. No gravy. No nothing. Do you like ranch? Potatoes. He does. He loves ranch. Put ranch on the mashed potatoes and see what happens. That's not a bad idea. <laughs> think of that. He absolutely loves ranch. I do that every now and then. Instead of like, uh, like uh, if you do a baked potato instead of sour cream, put ranch dressing on it. Oh, that it would be good. Little, I put on mashed potatoes sometimes just because. Eh, okay, <laughs> <laughs> we have some. All right, I'll use it. <laughs> so, but we've got another week of uh, limited activity for Mason. So we'll see how that goes. Speaking of which, I'll have to go home here a few hours and give him uh, another dose of medicine. That's another thing that's been a challenge for us is we have to schedule because. If we get him, he's on Lortab, and he has to take ibuprofen in between. So we mm-hmm. alternate between the two. And if he gets off of that for a long string of time, then he starts feeling that pain, and it bothers him. And so right now we're on the schedule where one of us has – luckily, you know, I'm usually up late. Holly gets up early. So there's only that one mid-morning, one that, or, you know, mid-late or mid-early morning that we have to 
we've been kind of switching off who who gets yeah. it. So I, I'm going to be up later tonight. So I figured I'd get the, this time. And he doesn't like the medicine either. Well, and the other thing is, you, I told you he had strep. You know, the last week before he this, and they said it was fine as long as he's on antibiotics. But he has to finish the antibiotics, oh. so he's on those until tomorrow. So Jeez. and that one's done. Fortunately, we won't have to worry about that one. But that's just you know normal three three t- doses a day at uh-huh. regular times. Yeah. So we remember that one pretty easy. But Did you do anything yeah. else fun? Um, that, well, it sounded like it was a lot of work. But it was not, not yeah, well, fun. that's I mean, a lot of downtime. It was well because you know three of these days were vacation, and I took, and Friday was mostly devoted to him. But once he, you know, you mean Wednesday for Wednesday? Once he started feeling better, Thursday and Friday were kind of mine. So I did a, I did a lot of projects around the house that needed to be done and, and got those cut up. So that was kind of refreshing. The other thing I've been doing, I guess this is my what I've been doing this week. Uh, the other thing I've been doing is I've been on a bit of a big finish bender <laughs> this week. Um, I told you guys weeks ago when I went through um, the Dalek, it might have even been the last, into last year, around the end of last year when I was first blogging, I did Dalek's Master Plan mm-hmm. where I listened to Mission to the Unknown and then went through Dalek's Master Plan. And I've always had sort of this fascination with Sarah Kingdom. And... Um, I was looking through some of the big finish that I have, and I have a lot of the, well, I think I have all the Companion Chronicles, but I hadn't listened to any of them yet. And I saw that there were some Sarah Kingdom ones, and I thought, how? <laughs> because, spoilers, she dies at the end of Dalek's Master Plan. So I thought, and I, I, you guys know that much, but I'm not going to spoil how they yeah. bring her back. But it's really, really cleverly done. So I think it's in, there's one in Series 2, one in Series 3, and one in Series 4. And it's actually a Sarah Kingdom trilogy. I mean, they, you, you, if you, you listen to them together, they all they, it works as a, as a three part trilogy. It's so Which wonderfully series? done. Uh, Companion Chronicles series Companion two, Chronicles, okay. Companion Chronicles series three, and those are Doctorless stories. Right. Although the Doctor is in the stories because I haven't listened to any of the it's other all Companion. From the companion's perspective. Right, but that's what it is. And in fact, in this one, it's so cleverly done that I probably would not enjoy the other Companion Chronicles <laughs> enough because this one. Is done in a storytelling way that is really, really works into the plot of the story, and it's it's her and another act, actor, and I can't remember the actor's name. I think his last name's McGregor. Owen? Um, no, <laughs> but it's something similar to that because I, I think it's like Ian McGregor or something <gasps> like that. Yeah, so it like, but it's not Ian. Ian. It's, it's not the same guy. He's like <laughs> not in Star Wars anyway. So. Uh, it, it's I won't I, again. I don't want to give away the plot because it's geniusly done, and the way that they bring her back is fantastic. So after I was done with those three, I noticed that I had um, the five doctors, which was a special subscription uh, bonus that was sent out two years ago, I think it was. And huh. so I listened to the five companions, which features Ian. This is a regular audio play. This isn't a storytelling because fifth doctors in that as well. Yeah, but it's Ian, Stephen, Taylor. Um, Polly, wow. uh, Sarah Kingdom, and uh, Nissa. And the interesting catch One about this, like <laughs> the interesting catch of this thing is, it takes place during the Five Doctors. And what happened was, these five contam- companions got time scooped, but they got dropped off into like kind of an alternate dimension within the. Uh, help me out, Dead Zone. Uh, Dead zone. Yeah, yeah, dead zone. Dead zone. Dead zone. Death zone. Death zone. Yeah. And so they got separated from the rest of the group, and that's where actually the Santarans were also picked up, and the Daleks. We only got the one Dalek in the five doctors, 
But the, a, a regiment of, of doctors, them. the rest of the ones that he was with, also got trapped in this little uh, alternate dimension Ooh. within the death zone. And what happens is the fifth doctor, as he's transmatting, from, after he finds the Harper Rassilon, plays the story, goes and finds the transmat, and he's transmatting down to, or into the death zone, he actually gets side uh, transmatted into that area first. So that all takes place in the time that he leaves Gallifrey and arrives in the tower in the death zone. This piece happens in there where he encounters them and they have a little... Now, the story's real minimal, but it's so much fan wink and so much fun that you really don't care what's well, going on. Dan Starkey, the five the five Dan Starkey is the voice of all of the Sontarans. Ooh. And of course, Nicholas Briggs does the Daleks, and it's it's a treat. And there was this one moment. I'm going to ruin this part for you, but it was wonderful when the Fifth Doctor. They kind of all get separated, and uh, Steve and Sarah go off together, which was cool because it was kind of a reunion for them because they were in. And the nice thing about it is, he asks Sarah, "How are you here?" And she says. It's a long story. Well, we know the long story because if you listen to the Companion Chronicles, you know why. But um, So they get separated. Ian and Nyssa go off together. And the Fifth Doctor and uh, Polly end up getting separated. And as they're doing their thing, what they have to be doing, part of this plan that they've devised in order to get out of here and thwart the Daleks and the Sontarans, she's there really feeling quite helpless. And she says, well... I guess if they're, you know, I'd offer to make you tea, but I don't, you know, there's there's no way to do it here. And he makes some comment about a beverage dispenser that that is off. That he says, I, you know, we we could do that, but I I wouldn't drink the tea that come out of there. And then she really kind of makes this comment about, you know, that was really all I was good for, which is which is wonderful. And he says, you know, I never really told you when back then, and I wish I had. But you really were, and he points out the fact that he, she's the one that kind of faces down the cyber leader, and he, he he's kind of, uh, um, kind of uh, reinforces the idea that she really was more helpful than it was perceived. That she did a lot of things that that were, and that she, and he always meant to tell her that she was more important than she probably felt that she was. It was such a nice little moment oh, to awesome. kind of wrap that around, and. But when she said that I can make tea, I thought, oh, that's what we've always said, that she's, she kind of gets really good. <laughs> she and knows. I think that was the thing is that a lot of people feel that's that the way. Fan convention. But the doctor really kind of reassures her that, you know, you, you were more important than, than you think you were. Well, so, that's, that's and and like, only the fifth doctor could, could come back and That was the that. neat thing about it. And, of course, Ian is quite surprised. Taylor's, or, uh, Stephen Taylor's quite surprised that, you know, this is the doctor. You look so young. Well, and, and they're their age now, so they're older. They're all older, and they're like, well, you seem to have gotten younger. And so he has to kind of in a roundabout way explain that, well, well I, generation, I changed. So. <laughs> you know, so that was kind of neat. And this is the only one recognizing because she, he was still in his fifth doctor form. And Polly knew about regeneration because she was there during the regeneration oh, yeah. Yeah, uh, instant. Sarah knows about regeneration, but through something else. So hmm. um, it's wonderful. So when we get a chance to, and I don't want to go too much into it, but when we get a chance to review it, I'm really looking forward to see what your guys' opinion is. On Sounds it. like it's really good. So you have four. I've always heard really big good finish audios. <laughs> now they're all one hour long, ah. so they, they're manageable. Um, but I'm really excited to do the Sarah, listen to the Sarah Kingdoms again because they were that good. They wow. were that good. So maybe cool. we'll do a Sarah Kingdom archives and yeah, we, can, not, we yeah. can string out uh, Dog's Master Plan for like. Eight nine weeks <laughs> since it's like ten as long days. as it yeah. is. Well, and if we do it, I think we need how to do how much of it exists. Only two, 
I, uh, I'm not going to be a Friday night. Well, <laughs> no, you're right. It, it won't be. And, and the, way that, the way that I did it, I watched an, uh, the Ian Levine animation of Mission to the Unknown, which is kind of the uh, prologue. And then uh, I watched the animation for um, Feast of Steven. Because that doesn't exist. I think the audio exists on that one, but that'll that'll never exist because that was one that never was sent overseas. Um, there's two that there's exist. An actual animation for it. Yeah, but somebody, somebody. No, it wasn't even Ian. Ian did the um, Mission to the Unknown, which I think he shopped around to um, help me out to entertain, and in hopes that they would do it. And it was still early on, and it was one of his first attempts, and it's done well. It's done as well as the shot of stuff that I've seen. Um, maybe a little less quality, but it's 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 done almost as good as some of the animations they've done now. So I was really impressed with that. Mm. The Feast of Stephen animation that I watched was actually fan made, and they must have used some off the shelf animation software. And it's really rough, but it, it gives you a good visualization, and that's why I did I watched it. Uh, the rest of that that I that I did I did in the the linking narration audios that that I tend to get for some of those when I decide to do those instead of doing the recons. Um, but they do, I think Loose Cannons did do a, a reconstruction, so if that's more of your alley, yeah. you can do it that way. <laughs> um, but that's what I did. I just did them in order as they as they went and listened to the audios, and then when I got to an episode that exists, and of course you get Brett Vian, so you get Nick uh, Courtney's first, or not Nick Courtney, uh, Nick, uh, help me out here, the Brig. Um, Nicholas Courtney. Courtney. Oh, Nicholas Courtney. I was, I was <clears throat> Nicholas Briggs, so I was getting confused with Nicholas Courtney, so you get his first appearance. And I think one of the episodes that does exist has him, so you get to see him portraying Brett Vion in it. Um, yeah, so when we do that, Very that'll cool. be that'll be a lot of fun. And maybe we can throw those companion chronicles. Maybe we can do hers as that and maybe a part two as the... Anyway, I don't know. We'll, we'll discuss that, that offline. But I'm, I'm excited to do some Sarah Kingdom. I've also found... Um, through a source, some of the old Dalek annuals, and there's some Sarah Kingdom stories in there, so I'm going to take a read through those as oh, well. Oh, cool. That's yeah. cool. So, uh, I don't know why this obsession with Sarah Kingdom is. <laughs> <laughs> I've just been... Well, I hear she's I've quite been intrigued. Awesome. Yeah. Um, I've been... Well, she because you know, she's the... Uh, what was it? Space something? Security, space Security eight, uh, Service is what she worked for, which is what was kind of the police of the solar system, mm-hmm. and then they were under Mavic Chen, who is the, ends up being the, the bad guy in um, but he's the guardian of the solar system, which is the third companion, was what the third companion chronicles called. And I thought that was quite interesting how they worked Mavic Chin into that as well. So, hmm. so it seems like we need to make sure we watch Dog's Master Plan in its completion before getting to the I think you the should. The other thing that I thought was cool about the Sarah Kingdom uh, companion chronicles was they're worked in in such a way that they, she she's telling a story about I'll give you this much, she's telling the story about some of the adventures she had with the Doctor and Stephen, mm-hmm. and they must have happened because in Dalek's Master Plan they bounce around to a lot of different places Feast of Stephen takes place in London and in Hollywood um, they end up landing uh, right in the middle of a cricket game at one point, they land in ancient uh, Egypt at one point um, so these stories must have happened at some point where they were bouncing from here to here when they were running we from the Daleks, and they were yeah. they they had uh, this uh, oh precious metal. I can't remember what it's called off the top of my head now, but this unobtainium, unobtainium, <laughs> yeah, something something to that matter, but something that they were trying to keep away from Mavic Chim because if he gets it, then he can go through with his plan, the Daleks' master plan with the Daleks. So, hmm. um, so at some point, those those. Story she tells happens in that era, which lends to the fact of why she's eventually able to come back. So, 
Cool. Yeah. Nice. It's, and it's really well done, guys. I, 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 it, I'm really excited for you guys to listen to those. We'll be down the road, but <laughs> eventually we'll jump into those. Uh, I think that's about it. Uh, we didn't do anything. My, my niece spent the night on Friday, so the kids kind of were out <clears> of my hair <laughs> most of that night, so I was able to join in for Friday Night Who, um, which was fun watching rewatching Enemy of the World again for the first three episodes. And we'll do the rest of that this week, next week, and obviously review that. So, yeah. Poor Keith. Are you guys enjoying? I ended up watching oh, it. Yes. Really, oh, you I, didn't get to go. I forgot. I didn't, I didn't get to join in. Did you want to talk about what you did this oh. week? <laughs> Since I was off for three days? Well, before you got went off, because you were late, you didn't get to join in for Conquest, or Battle for the Battle. Mind of the Apes. Which I still haven't gone back to watch. I need to. What Battle suffers from is not as good of a plot. It's more of a battle than a plot-driven film. So It's Matrix Revolutions. Yeah, pretty much. It's this fairly impressive battle sequence, I think, for being a Planet of the Apes film. And Brittany seemed to enjoy it. Didn't I? She went in with very much the oh man, I've heard bad things about this one. I hope to not be disappointed. And I don't think she was. But it didn't help that we were. We were all. We've always been kind of <laughs> always been on, kind of down on it. And it's still there, there's some great moments with Caesar in this in this uh, uh, movie, and those are the best parts of the movie. And then Aldo and then Culp just drag the movie down. <laughs> Uh, How then, many people were able to join in? Uh, it was me, Brittany, and Michelle. Unfortunately, only the three of us, but that's okay. We still had fun. Or just fortunately. Fortunately, just the three of us. A nice <laughs> intimate affair. Fortunately, Once you hit the pinnacle of escape, it's <laughs> it's really hard to get your energy up for anything else. And then other than working for you, I've been working my way through uh, Tomb Raider. 92% now. Wow. I'm, I'm like at the build-up to the final boss. Whatever that's going to be. Uh, we went and saw How to Train Your Dragon 2 last night. How is it? It was really good. I really liked it. As it, good as the first one? As good, yes. Absolutely. It yeah. kind of does a... And <laughs> walking out of it, I said, that kind of felt like Empire Strikes Back. Like, belts on everything, and it was slightly darker. And then I got online later and looked at some of the trivia for the film. And the, when they offered him, the director... The sequel, he said, okay, if I can do it a trilogy and draw inspiration from my childhood movies, being <laughs> Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> so it's very much in that vein, and there's a lot of great character growth. I'm just constantly amazed by the animation in it and the designs they come up with. It's such a cool universe that now I really want to go and watch the TV show that they did. And they're going to be adding a third season, I think, on Netflix. So There's a How I Met Your How I Met Your Dragon. How to Train Your Dragon. It's called uh, DreamWorks. <laughs> how I Met Your Dragon. I heard it hinged terribly. <laughs> it was all good until that eighth season. <laughs> it's called Dragon or DreamWorks Dragons Writers of the Burke. Hmm. It's been on Cartoon Network like the last two seasons. So and the movies are based on a very strong uh, young adult. Uh, yeah, there's like series, right? Like ten like, children's books yeah, in that series. So this this one actually jumps forward five years, which is a nice kind of a good pacing to it, and has a lot of great character development in it. And um, Kit Harrington is in it, Mr. Jon Snow, and does a good job. David Tennant come back? I didn't hear him. 
I think he's... Was he in the movie? He was in the first one, but I'll be I, honest, I, I don't yeah, remember who he... I, I think he might have even been one of the dragons. <laughs> he, I know he also is in two episodes of the series. Okay. So I, I didn't see his name in the credits. But everyone else came back, and then they added Kate Blanchett to it, too. So, quite the good cast. And the one dude from uh, Tempest and Blood Diamond. Dijon. Yeah, I don't know how to say his name. <laughs> I believe it's Dijon Honsu, but I don't take that with a grain of I, salt. I, didn't, I saw his name on the screen. I was like, we take that? everything you say with a grain of salt. It's, it's, it's it like Kumri. <laughs> Could be oh, wrong. Right. <laughs> well, Someone will probably write in and let us know. <laughs> <laughs> and then, oh, before I get to what we did today for Father's Day, uh, my mom has been watching uh, Doctor Who, as I've talked about. She's up to season six. I was texting with her when she was watching A Good Man Goes to War. I tried not to <laughs> mess with her too much or talk to her too much so she could focus on it. She ended it with all in caps, OMG, apostrophe, what, four question marks, what, four question marks. <laughs> <laughs> Best response to the end of that episode I've ever seen. <laughs> I think that won her over to Matt Smith's run as on The Doctor. Oh, good. Uh, at least... The era now she's like she's no longer a tenant fangirl. Well, she still likes tenant. She she didn't really say one way or another if she liked uh, Smith more than tenant. But I think she was very iffy on his this whole arc and story until that episode. Yeah. That just wowed her. Uh, then today we went uh, to Lawrence with my dad and wandered around a little bit. Ended up going to AT and T, and he's now in the digital age with a smartphone. Ooh! This from the man who didn't who. Made sure that Sprint turned off the text messaging so he wouldn't get them on his phone. <laughs> now he has a smartphone. So does he get texts now? or Unlimited texts, unlimited talk. So. What's your dad's number? I'm going to send him something. <laughs> He'll be getting up. And Heard a- you got a smartphone. <laughs> <laughs> He'll be getting up in a few hours. So. OMG. <laughs> IAT. It's about time. I don't know. I don't know. I think I'm all sure. the kids are using it. Oh, I don't yeah. know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think it was Carol was one, more than he was. Ah. So are they sharing? No, or they each got they, they each got oh, their okay, own, okay. but they're sharing like a gig data. Right. So right, right. I, <laughs> he dropped. He picked us up and we went off, and then he dropped us off, and we then headed over to Walgreens, and we're going to go over to Sarah's parents. And on the way to Walgreens, I already get a phone call asking ask a question about something. <laughs> How do I do this? Yeah. So I think I'm going to get a lot of questions. So that'll be fun to see what happens. Just bring it by, Dad. <laughs> I have a feeling I'll be seeing him a lot in the next couple of weeks explaining how things work. My, my dad hinted today that that might be a, a, a visit. I asked him when I was talking with him. I was like, how's your Father's Day going? What are you doing? He says, well, I'm trying to record music. It's like, oh, trying, huh? He goes, yeah. <laughs> From what? Oh, onto my computer. From what? <laughs> Long pause. <laughs> Okay, Dad, I'll come over and help with that at some point. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> What's he recording from? I have no idea. Some of his old, like... He might actually have one of those... Uh, um, turntables. Turn, uh, turn table. uh, USB turntables. Ah. Ah. I don't know. He's just... He went out and got himself well, a Mac, and he's all happy with it. And doesn't tell him, understand tell him it, so. my dad went through and started his record collection, and after he spent a full day, he realized that it was probably um, worth his time to go find the stuff on iTunes and download <laughs> everything that he needed. Which he did until he got to the albums that either out of print or he didn't have. Then he went that's, back and started, yeah, started recording those off onto USB. So tell your dad to go through his collection first, 
decide what he can't get digitally. Because my dad said, I mean, I think he spent probably 50, 60 bucks on downloads just to replace his oh. albums. But he said it was so worth it because he said, well, he enjoyed sitting there listening to the albums as he was, you know, it was just such a time. Yeah. Well, and the investment. audio volume isn't as good right. as the and digital version. Some of them are scratchy and they have the pops. Which, Although so, my dad sort of have, likes that. My yeah. dad likes the nostalgia. There is that, that aspect he, he to decided it. it was worth buying the stuff. I, I, I used to have one and uh, a friend of mine lent me a record and I ripped it. And it's the level is so much quieter than anything else. I had to boost my volume so much when playing the album on my device. Did you know nostalgia literally means painful memory? Yeah, I heard that. I actually heard that the other day. The, uh... My dad actually... think he'll figure it out? My dad actually... Where he heard it from? Was it from you? No. Oh. What did I hear? No, he won't figure it out. Oh, it was in one of our... our (laughs) There you go. It was in uh, memory lane. Um, No, my dad actually... He... (laughs) He ripped one of his albums, In and <laughs> then he went and downloaded the the uh, MP3s from iTunes, and then he realized he had it on CD. <laughs> and All I together said, now. And I said, well, you know, you probably didn't need to buy that. And he said, well, I wanted a digital copy of it anyway. And I said, you really, really didn't need to buy that. And so then I showed him how to rip D- uh, CDs. And it was a whole new <laughs> box <laughs> that he got open. So he went through and he ripped all his CDs. And I said, well, but you know, I, I don't want to pirate these. And I said, as long as you own the CD and continue to own the CD, it's allowed to rip them as long as you own the copy. This is yours. Well, yeah. As long as you don't sell it to somebody. That's why somebody, iTunes yeah. lets you do it so easily. Yeah. So. I'm kind of glad my dad's not big into music, so I don't have to worry about dealing with that at all. Well, that's the funny thing is when I was a kid, my dad was huge. He bought his... his Album collection is just See, huge. my mom was always the big music person. And my he, dad he loved music, and he listened to the radio, and he loves country music, and all of this. And, but he went through this period of, I think it was finally after the turntable went out, that he just didn't listen to music much. We'd buy him CDs for Christmas, and he'd listen to those. But it wasn't until he finally decided he was going to put his albums on that he got back into yeah. music. And, of course, now he's back into music. And, of course, now that he can do it all digitally, he'll go back and find stuff that he never got and find well, those on iTunes. It makes it easier so much now. And, yeah, so. Plus, they're going to Tennessee in the fall, and they're going to stop through, I think, Nashville and go to the Grand Ole Opry. So. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, it's like one of his bucket list things. That's pretty neat. Anyway, I digress. Yeah, and then there was also hockey <laughs> on Friday. Double overtime. Hockey, 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 hockey. Supposed to get over at Glad you got o'clock. to deal with that pain a little bit. We did our ABC show, and we sat there and waited. How late did go? We went on after 11.45. Oh, that's the worst so far. I left at 12.30. Double overtime. Or uh, double overtime. Yeah, du- they went double, overtime double overtime and the... Uh, trophy ceremony actually. Oh yeah, because it was the final game. So well, it was the end of it. We end up being the final game. We had some nice fun doing charades though. <laughs> so me and Robert were giving uh, Alex and Christina and Jared and Matt hints who would take turns and whoever would get it. There were some pretty funny ones. We were laughing pretty hard. So that made that at least made the time go by quicker once we started doing that. Had you watched Enemy of the World at all? Uh huh. I, I, I booted did, it up when I got home. When you got home, did you, you watch the yeah, first I watched, or did you I watched watch those the whole, three. I, I was tempted to go oh, on. Oh, man. <laughs> it's a tough topic. That's, That's a tough one to stop it. Yeah. 
And it, yeah, good. I can't wait to see more. I might finish it before we uh, get to Friday. I think it's a – somebody might have said this on Friday. It's one of those ones that's just – it's – nobody knew how good it was until it was just oh, discovered. Yeah. You know, there's been a lot of talk about it, but it was one of those underrated uh, lost episodes. That, well, well, hey, we got Web of Fear. An enemy of the world? And then everybody watched Enemy of the World and they're like, this is great. And part of what's so great about it is Patrick Troughton. His acting and it's so phenomenal. Well, I don't imagine it would come through in a, in a recon as well. Just no, the audio, it just yeah. the, visually, it's it's fantastic. Yeah, oh, we're, we're getting ahead of ourselves. We're doing that. <laughs> That's next week. What else did you do, Sean? Um, what did I do this week? Um, well, we joined in for Friday night. We did not do Blend of the Aids. It's on the list, but we haven't gotten to it yet. For one month, less than a month. We got now. Less than a month, but we only have the two to go. So yeah, you're not going to do three. What that Tim Burton one? No, <laughs> I told I told I Kyle that he's on card. his own on that one. I have I'll my comment along with him. I don't, I don't he wants to, to do that one night. All actually, I probably will. Considering that when we went through all the Bond movies, we went and did Casino Royale, and we did the the original, not the new, yeah. one. and we did uh, Never Say Never Again. We did all the unofficial stuff. So yeah, I'll probably go ahead. And <laughs> um, it's, it's, there are big story issues, but if you can kind of turn your mind off, it's. The, I just I sit there and revel at the makeup really more than anything else. It's such a phenomenal looking film. Yeah, but then I get frustrated because it's like, why wasn't this better? Because <laughs> this it looks have so been better. good. Um, and uh, what else? What do we, we do today? We got up and we, we oh we got did you bed. work yesterday? By the way, I did work yesterday. What time were you at work? Uh, until six. And then you had the day off. Why did you get to lunch? Uh, I, think Matt, weird? I think Matt just decided that, uh, you know, Father's Day, that I should have a day off. I'm not complaining. I'm off tomorrow, too, so I have a weekend for the first Whoa. time in forever. A weekend that I didn't request. You mean two consecutive so. days. Well, two consecutive <laughs> days that I didn't request. I won't know what to do with myself. But um, Well, I guess I won't come in tomorrow and get that poster. <laughs> it's in the back. <laughs> um, what was I saying? Oh, we got a new bed. That's kind of been the oh, big yeah. thing. Oh, yeah. I saw your uh, Facebook post. We, uh, um, our bed sucks. It's horrible, horrible, horrible. It's just falling apart. And so we went and started bed shopping back in February. And we're kind of explaining the situation to the guy. He says, did you buy it here? He said, yeah. He says, it's a Simmons? We said, yeah. He says, how long ago? I said, I don't know, about eight years. He goes, it's under warranty. You should just file a claim for it. And we went, oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> so we went home and looked up the thing, and they had us... Like, well, we need pictures of the bed. Apparently, that's how they do this: is they determine whether or not it's things. Well, they so, gotta, need proof of some sort. Okay, I guess. so so what I need to do? He says, "Well, you got to lay like a broomstick across the mattress this way." And he says, "We want you to take a yardstick and stick it down in the indention and take a picture of that, so that we can see how big the divot is." And apparently, the normal, uh, you know, warrantable thing is you know about an inch. If you have an inch of divot, they consider that to be wow. You must have a defective bed. Our bed has a three-inch hole <laughs> in the middle. Everything just and the sides are all broken down. We took pictures of all that, and they gave. They were like, "Wow, okay, yeah, here's your here's your voucher." So we got this voucher from. We went down Wednesday. This was our date night. We <laughs> bed shopping, and we could take the voucher. We wound up going. It's like, okay, well, you can either have this, which is the recommended replacement bed, or you can put the six hundred and some odd dollars toward. A, a new mattress. And we went, okay. So what's the replacement? Well, we don't have it on the floor anymore. And I'm like, nah, I don't want that one then. <laughs> right <laughs> off the bat. It's like, if I can't lay on it right now, 
I'm not interested. Right, right. Because I don't get a new warranty on the new bed. I get oh. to write out the two years that are left on my old warranty, and that's it. And there's no so changes if you put or it anything. Towards so. it, you get the new warranty? No. Even if you because you're through. because you're using that warranty on that. Now, if I just walked in off the street and bought a new bed, yeah, well, I, get, yeah, I, you I get, get a new one. Yeah. But because of this, the way it's changing out, I don't get a new one. I don't get it. So and I, I don't even get the. It. You know, when you go to Nebraska Furniture Mart, you can buy just about anything and take it home and try it out. And they go, "Ah, this isn't working." So I don't get that option on this either. Mm. So I laid on a lot of beds. <laughs> and I asked the guy, I was like, do you get weird? I mean, is, is it strange for you to have conversations with people who are lying down while you're standing up? Because that seems like it's a really weird thing. He goes, no. <laughs> get used to it, apparently. So we tried a couple different ones, and then we found one that we really liked. It's much firmer than what I would have thought. Because the last one we had was a pillow top, and we were just really overjoyed to get that one. And it just man, it sucked. So, um, I mean, it was nice at first. But uh, so we got everything switched out, and then they said, "Well, we've actually got a delivery Friday morning." And we we're like, oh, "Yes!" So of course, I didn't sleep at all Thursday because <laughs> it's been hot, and I'm dragging my feet on turning the air on. I just haven't brought myself to do it yet, and it's sticky. And then you get in that lumpy bed with the big sponge, and it's damp, and it's just like, ah. And my mind wouldn't disengage. I didn't sleep at all Thursday. I showed up to work Friday as just zombified. And it was a mess. And then stayed up late for Friday night, who? And then the bed was there. And it's set up <laughs> and it's all ready. And I climbed into it. And said, this is going to be great. But I have to get up and work first thing in the morning. So I got all of like four hours <laughs> on the new bed. And I don't think my body knows how to sleep on it. I, like you were saying, that you were sleeping too comfortably. My body's still like, no, this isn't right. You know, so I'm still... <laughs> this isn't my bed. I'm still not quite acclimated yet. I'm sure I'll get there. And then I thought, well, Saturday, I told Mel. I was like, we're not doing anything. We're going to get up, and I'll get home from work. We've got Billy's birthday party. And Saturday night, we're sleeping on the bed. And I'm not getting up Sunday. Tell everybody. Because the brothers are going, well, we're going to go visit Dad's grave, right? And she's like, yeah, yeah. And I said... We're not getting up till after 10. Tell them. Because for some reason, your brother seemed to think getting up in the morning and text me means 6 a.m. The phone starts ringing. So tell everybody we're not doing this. So we had Billy's birthday party Saturday night because he turned 16 this week and had everybody over and had ice cream cake and presents and stuff. And then um, she, Billy wanted to spend some time playing with her. And she was like, okay, what do you want to do? He's like, well, I want you to try Civilization. He's been on this big Civilization kick, Sid Mayer's mm-hmm. Civilization. Because it was a free games with gold. I was like, okay. Well, he and I played, I don't know, a couple weeks ago. And he just had a blast because we can system link. Because I have it on my Xbox downstairs. And he has it on the one upstairs. Mm-hmm. And so we could do that. And uh, so he wanted Mel to do that. She's like, well, I'm willing to try it. And so I was like, well, I'll kind of coach you through it. And I'll listen to an audio adventure and then pop on and kind of see how you're doing. So I was listening to one of the audios while she was overdoing this. And every now and then I'd take the headphone off and pause it and answer a couple questions or for some reason, she's still having difficulty with the units. It's like, I don't understand why. She goes, they just don't go the way they're supposed to. It's like, right stick, look, left stick, move. It's just like Halo. <laughs> you do fine in Halo, you know. For whatever reason, it's like, okay, do this. <laughs> Over here, it's like, why are you sending your guys off into the ocean? I don't know. I don't want to. <laughs> so she's playing this game. Billy gave up. I'd set it all up for this for this match, like, for two hours. I thought, well, we'll kind of slowly introduce it for her, and we'll have a two-hour time limit, and then if she doesn't like it, you know, she won't have to play beyond that. Billy gave up and went to bed. He was like, I'm done. Do you want to play for me? <laughs> okay. So I jumped on upstairs and started playing, and we were doing a team environment where it was us versus everybody else. And the Russians kept 
screwing with us, and the French kept screwing with us, and the Indians kept screwing with us, and I was like, Mel, build catapults. So we went to town, and we just (laughs) 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 obliterated everybody. She got her first domination victory, knocked out the enemy, (laughs) and she was a little angry because she had a boat and all these cannons and, you know, tanks, and she had all the advanced stuff. I'm still fighting with guys with bows and arrows and stuff, and she had all the technology (laughs) and, and did all this stuff. And she had settlers on the boat because she was going to found a new city. And then she took Paris, and that was the end. That was the last capital, and the game credits rolled, and she was she was angry. <laughs> she was like, what, I do wasn't you, done. what do you mean it's over? I was like, you won. You, there's no more. <laughs> you, 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 uh, you accomplished the goals of the game. You won. You, you did. Well, that sucks. And she got really, really angry over the fact that she couldn't keep going. So I was like, well, did you enjoy it? She goes, yeah, I really did. I really I really got into that. I really enjoyed it. And then we looked at the clock. It was four in the morning. <laughs> the two-hour time limit apparently had not... The game was like, nah, you don't need to worry about that. So we went to bed really late Saturday night. And so I still don't quite know how to sleep on my bed. Because <laughs> even sleeping in was not the glorious, you know, what I wanted out of it. And then today, uh, for Father's Day, we just kind of got up and goofed off a little bit. And we went and visited her dad's grave. And... Um, Took him some orange slices because that was uh, that was his thing. Peeps and orange slices. Huh. I don't know. That's cool. The candied ones. Yeah, the, yeah. I know what you meant. Um, and then we went to the cheap theater and saw nonstop. That was <clears throat> surprising. What is good. nonstop? It's uh, Liam Neeson. Uh, right yeah, taken two point five. <laughs> uh, Liam Neeson's a, uh, a an air marshal, and there's an attempt to plane without. With anyone, no snakes. No. <laughs> it was an attempted hijacking kind right. of thing, but it's all done over text, and it's got some very cool Sherlock-style floating text graphics uh-huh. as he's back and uh-huh. forth. Which really, because I wondered how how are you going to make that interesting? You know, obviously anything Liam Neeson's in, but yeah, I'm sure why not. So we went to Cheap and saw that, and really had a good time. And it was a surprising who done it that I didn't see who came. You know, I didn't see who done it until they got yeah. to the end, and I kind of. Was it the butler? It was not the butler. Oh. <laughs> I kind of pride myself, not intentionally, but a lot of times I'll go into a thriller and be vaguely disappointed because I'll have it figured out. Right. That's why I stopped watching CSI because I was like, eh <laughs> And, you know, there's no fun in it for me. Right. And this one kind of kept me guessing. They, they pulled a, uh, not since the original Scream, have I kind of really felt like, man, I suspected everybody in the town by the time that one was over mm-hmm. with. Henry Winkler's the bad guy. I know it's him. And so this one kind of gave you the same setup where it was like, well, maybe it's this guy. No, they're pushing too hard on him. I think it's this guy. And, you know, go on. And so it was a a very, very good film. We enjoyed it a lot. I came home, had a quiet night at home, and she played some uh, Fable. I worked on a script that I'm not... Fable 2? Fable Anniversary. She on... Oh, okay. I didn't know if she'd moved on to 3. She's played 2 and 3. Um, and so now she's back on one since they've upconverted mm-hmm. it to that. So. Right. Right. Cool. That was it. All right. Should we move on to news then? Let's. Okay. Or as we like to call it, who cares? <laughs> <laughs> who cares? Yeah, we've decided to name our uh, news segment every week, Who Cares? Who Cares? Doctor Who's going on a world tour. <gasps> who cares? <laughs> Is he coming to my town? <laughs> nope. Then who, who cares? cares? <laughs> twelve days. Apparently seven who cities. Who doesn't care for us? Seven cities across five continents in twelve days. So, so a couple of continents is getting two visits. Seoul, Sydney, New York, Mexico City, and Rio de Janeiro. 
is where it ends. And of course, uh, I believe it's London and Cardiff. Started off. So it's ending August 14th. So I think we can kind of extrapolate the idea <laughs> that who will likely start the 16th or the 23rd. Hey, well, get the, get the uh, schedule update. Schedule's update. Because <laughs> it's all going to be in advance and in yeah. promotion that of the new season. Up, uh, that frees up your schedule ideas. Maybe, so get them, get them down. Bit. I'd be surprised if it was before the 14th. There's a little more wiggle room. I don't think it would be. I think you're right. I think the 14th is going to be the... It starts on the 7th, so... If, the if, tour, if, yeah. If anything, maybe the ninth. I don't know. Maybe they start can. the tour and then go and do. But if I, if I remember correctly, before Series Seven, they did a bunch of press events and special screenings. Before. Yeah, before everything. So it could be interesting. This is kind of an unprecedented level of attention for the show, and I'm wondering if it's. Because we're riding this high, and BBC's really behind it and pushing it, going, yay, continue the thing. Or if there's this worry that David Tennant's gone, Matt Smith's gone, we've cast this old guy, maybe we need to push <laughs> uh, there, there, a little bit. might be a little bit of both. I think there's you a know. little bit of both. Because Capaldi and Coleman are going on it, along with Moffat. So. Moffat won't be at every stop, though. I did right. read that somewhere. Yeah. So if you're going to be in New York... Well, he's not allowed to back into South America, so... <laughs> Really? No. <laughs> <laughs> when did that happen? No, but I got a, I got to fool you at least once an episode. <laughs> For real? Something happened that I wasn't aware of. <laughs> no Canada stops either. It had to do with the rainforest, but uh. <laughs> did he kill it? <laughs> <laughs> no, that, that's why George R. R. Martin is not allowed to make this up. That's why. He, oh, but he joined Twitter. Did you see that? Who Moffat did. did? No, Martin. Martin. Yeah. George R. R. Martin. So much for that nice joke of he killed all 140 characters. <laughs> so yeah, tour. Well, who cares? <laughs> just based on who the cares? just based on the size of these books, which I have not read. I can't imagine anything with George R. R. Martin happening on Twitter being interesting. <laughs> or 140 characters. I, mean, I just <laughs> just what, if, what what does he type? Um, I'm sure it's a lot of half sentences. <laughs> All right. Well, Sean, do you want to talk about galley guests? Uh, I would love to talk about galley guests. Gallifrey One has made their first guest announcement as of June 12th. So eight months out, but uh, these are already confirmed. Uh, thanks in part to Showmasters, Tenth Planet, and Phantom Films, as long as, as long as as well as their own direct contacts. They are. Welcoming the following to next year. Um, first, the boring guys. We'll get those out. Oh. 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 Derek Sherwin. And I'm sure you're going, who is Derek Sherwin? Well, who cares? Okay. <laughs> Derek Sherwin uh, was the script editor for Doctor Who from The Web of Fear up to The Mind Robber and then took over as producer for Patrick Ooh. Trout and Swan Song War Games and Pertwee's debut, Spearhead from Space. So he was kind of overseeing the show as it transitioned into that the new make era. For some really which I think would be, panels. yeah, I think that would be a really interesting panel to uh, to see there. Um, Andy Pryor, who has been the casting director since Doctor Who returned in 2005. So he's had a hand in all of the new Doctors, kind of leading up to that. Um, 
some of the standard guests, Gary Russell, Tony Lee, Paul Cornell is coming back, Jason Hay Ellery from Big Finish. Um, Sarah Louise Madison is a name not known to us, but uh, her face certainly is, because she has played the principal weeping angel in every weeping angel story. Oh. Uh, she also was in Journey to Center of Tartus as a time zombie. Christopher Neem, best known as the villain Skagra from the unfinished serial Shada. He's also been in Star Trek Enterprise, Babylon 5, The A-Team, Beauty and the Beast, etc. And he was in License to Kill. And so now i got to look this guy up because, okay, he's got a Bond connection. I'm really... And Ghostbusters 2. And Ghostbusters 2. Terry Malloy, who is Davros in all the uh, the R's. We've Everything besides the first. Davros. Everything besides the first Davros. Uh, Fraser Hines is coming back. And the last Davros. He wasn't the last Davros. He wasn't the last Davros. He should have been. Zoe... Wendy Padbury is coming. Tegan. Janet Fielding is coming. She must be recovering well. She must be. My girl, Ace. (laughs) Sophie Aldred is coming. And then, strangely, the ones that I'm almost the most excited about, Kai Owen and Eve Miles. We got we got Gwen and, Gwen and Reese coming from Torchwood. That'll be a neat. That'll be a neat panel to listen to. Yeah, I think so. Just neat to see them together again. Yeah. So I'm sure they'll do a panel well, together. I, just seeing a lot of the stuff that I've read behind the scenes that the, those guys were a hoot together behind yeah. the scenes. So it'd be nice to hear some stories. So and that's just the starters. So yay! More to come. Good Who cares? Start. More to come. Who cares? Only people that got tickets. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> and no bed. <laughs> what? What's the? I could I could take my bed. Michelle got there tickets, go. right? So hopefully she got a room. Maybe you guys can bunk with her. I, I think I don't remember if she got a. I think she did. Somebody got tickets. I think was she, it Michelle? she definitely got tickets. Was it Michelle or Brittany? Was, I think it was Michelle. Michelle. I think it was Michelle. Brittany Brittany for some reason. Yeah. I don't know. We'll figure it out. Uh, Chrissy could either. So. Yeah. All right. Next bit of news. Doctor Who experience to be revamped. Yay! Again? Again! It's being rebranded to bring it up to date with the arrival of its fellow Doctor this autumn. It's closing its door for for six weeks from September 1st. From six weeks to then. Uh, we'll reflect the new Doctor <laughs> current walkthrough experience where you step through a crack in time and help the 11th Doctor... What? Step through a crack in time and help the eleventh Doctor will be replaced by a brand new sequence. Oh, there was there was a, a there sequence, was a thing yeah. where you walked through. Okay, right. That sentence was you know. weird. There's going to be a brand new sequence starring Peter Capaldi. The ride. <laughs> <laughs> that I heard done. a rumor, and I didn't do too much digging into this. That there's a group of fans that are trying to save the eleventh Doctor's segment because they think that's more appropriate to the experience. But well, how, how mean, do you know? You don't know what the Capaldi. Yeah, experience is good. As long as they put it on a DVD, I'm fine with it. I mean, <laughs> well, like they did with um, Back to the Future: The Ride. Yeah, and the Star Trek uh, experience. Oh, is one. that on a DVD? That's on the Blu-ray set. Oh, I didn't know that. Along I with, didn't get to do the uh, board one. I did oh, really? the uh, other, the Enterprise one. Um, yeah, along with a decommissioning ceremony when they took it out, oh. which I foolishly watched at home alone. Oh, did you cry? I bawled my <laughs> eyes out. <laughs> 
they came down. They had this big thing for. I mean, because some of these people have worked in this place for ten years since right. they opened it, right. and they had this yeah. official decommissioning ceremony where they had the last ride, right. the last this, the last this. They closed the curtains in front of the building, and they had them a little scaffold thing up there, and then in full Starfleet regalia, this person came out and presented the manager a folded up Starfleet flag, <laughs> and I was just Aww. a sobbing mess at this point. <laughs> well, I did the I did the, so I did the Enterprise one with you, and then you and Dave and, and Lori went through and did the Borg one. Oh, you never did yeah. go back and do no, the Borg one, No, I did, did go you? back and do the Borg one. Well, because when we were there, the 40 part of it was broke down or yeah, something. Yeah, that's true. We didn't get the and full so 40 that was, we, was, Holly and I discussed it. We thought, well, if we can get back here, we'll do it when they've got it fixed. But then, of course, we don't. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we 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 went on that with you when we were in <laughs> Vegas. That's, that's right. You were there. <laughs> I, do, I, re- I remember that. <laughs> you were there. We went through the museum together, too, or the... Little entry thing. What's the timeline? Yeah, the timeline. I think we got way ahead of you guys. We had drinks at Quarks. So we didn't, because you guys went through the Borg one, and then you went to Quarks. And we had gone on to, I think, did we go to the Secret Garden, or we went to Madame Trousseau's or something? We went on and did another. You should have had drinks at Quarks. That's what I heard. I heard it was a lot of fun. I should make Borg Sphere next week. But they just kept bringing you drinks, didn't they, for free or something? Uh, it wasn't quite that good. No. But, <laughs> <laughs> but they just kept bringing you drinks. drinks. You, you, you had to keep paying for them, but they were happy to keep bringing them as long as you kept paying. <laughs> no, when the Borg Sphere comes out and it's in a fishbowl like this, it's like, all right. <laughs> you made it for us once. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've had it several times. All right, well, Stop Doctor experience. Way better going than the Warcore Breach. <laughs> no, only, only for six weeks. For, for six weeks. Not not forever, like not the forever. Star Trek experience. <laughs> well, I guess some people misread the Facebook stuff shortly. Oh, really? Like when they posted it? They, oh, they thought it was like going away. Out for a second. <laughs> oh my God, it's going away! And, oh, good. It's I haven't away. made it over the pond yet. Uh, one last bit of news. John Barrowman. And it was Julie Gardner, right? Or yeah, Julie yeah, Gardner and Julie Gardner are now MBEs. Whatever that means. Members of the British Empire. They were awarded members of the British Empire. That's, that's so the, thing the first that, step to getting knighted? That's the thing. Well, I, I, I think you can be knighted without being MBE. It's just it's one of those hierarchy of honors within the... Uh, basically, if you do um, things to the service of the crown, being whether it be entertainment, whether it be any other plethora of, of <laughs> different things that you do, um, you're awarded as a member of the It's a part of the 2014 the Queen's Birthday Honors List. Yeah. See, there you go. That seems like a really it's, it's weird thing. It's the thing, thing that the Beatles that, got, and then they gave back because they did in protest. So, or I think John gave his back. Mm-hmm. But anyway. It seems like a really weird thing to be. Oh, it's my birthday! I'm going to celebrate by awarding something to somebody else. She does that. In fact, for uh, for the uh, jubilee, she gave um, her servants. Or help, I should say. I can't remember what now. I can't remember what that story was. And I thought it was hilarious because five years ago, when she celebrated her birthday, she gave him like extravagant, like watches or something like this. And that was like a, it was a, an engraved plate for the jubilee, which I think would be bigger. But anyway, and we spent all the money on the bunting. Well, yeah, on the it was because of the fact that they were, yeah, the economy wasn't as good. Anyway, I, I, I added that late. Sorry, we talked about it pre-show, but. So, as as Bowerman is an official, not per, most per, person excellent of, order of the British Empire. He is he's not of English personage. Yes, he is. 
I thought we established he was an American who... No, he's born in the U.K. Born in the U.K. Raised, dual residency, residency, and he's was raised in the United States. Oh. But he's lived in the... He's lived in... I think he's... He's the one who has the apartment in Cardiff. Yeah. Or flat in Cardiff that uh, Amy... Uh, Karen. Karen Gillan was renting and <laughs> had a party and <laughs> destroyed a countertop or something. <laughs> I don't remember what it was. And he got this announcement while he was in Australia. Ha! <laughs> Yeah, he's a he's a he's a British citizen. British so, a member of the British Empire apparently doesn't extend to British citizens. Or it wouldn't it wouldn't wouldn't birth automatically kind of grant you status into a member of British Empire? No, it's, a, or? it's a title. It's uh, simply all it is. I mean, just because you're a citizen doesn't mean you're a member of the British Empire. It's kind of uh, like being a knight. You know, you're just uh, well, it's not as another, cool as being a knight. No, it's not no. as cool as being a knight. But it's 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 part of that. It's the, it's, a, it's the most excellent order. It's probably the it's probably like getting order. a congressional medal of honor or something like that, it's or being on the president's equivalent. list of honor roll. Yeah, that kind of thing. <laughs> We're equating it to the dean's hey. list now. Sean, no, the Sean. president's list. Sean, not the dean's list. Who cares? Who cares? Who cares? <laughs> Should we move on to feedback? Yes. We don't have a witty name. Who cares? <laughs> Uh, first up, is- wait, wait, you know what? I've got to, for all of you within the sound of my voice, I hereby ordain you official members in good standing of the Traveling the Vortex family. <laughs> and that's as good as just an MBE. Just, yeah, just across the board. If you can hear board. it, you're now in. And that's as good as an MBE. So is uh, so number, one, number one fan, is that part of the hierarchy? Well, yeah, she's knighted. That's, 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 that's <laughs> <laughs> now we, oh, that, oh, that works. We can now have several knights. And give more than one nights of traveling the vortex. Yes. All right. <laughs> First up is Eric. He writes Farmer Who. <laughs> hey guys, Happy Father's Day, Glenn. Thank you. First off, I was just I just realized I was getting down to the deadline and neither typed my feedback nor taking the photo of the little brig. I just stepped out with my wife's <laughs> phone to, to take some photos. I Hopefully. The cloud will share them with me by the time I'm done typing. If not, I'll try again later with hopefully better photos. These were just these were rather blurry and overexposed. Second, since the last time I wrote you, I had finished getting through both season two of Torchwood and Children of Earth, and after doing so, dove back into your archive and listened to your reviews of those. I was disheartened to find that the season two review was no longer available for download. Have you guys considered arranging? to have your oldest episodes made available by making a second podcast that would be handy for new listeners. Why are they not available? Well, we had to space-wise. Did we have they to purge some stuff? They are available. If you are trying to find them on iTunes, they probably will not be. However, on if you go to our website... Right? You know, let me do some checking on that, Eric, because there might be a situation where... Uh, something got mislinked. What I had to do is, is because of SpaceWise, um, some episodes were moved, of our previous episodes were moved to another server, and iTunes will only carry up to our last 100, sh- or like 100 shows. So like this is 181, so they'll only go back to 82. Um, if that's not the case where you're going back and you have been able to get them off of our website, but now you've run into an issue where you're not getting them. That's probably on our part. But if you're trying to get them off of iTunes, you can't go back past 100 episodes from whatever or the current episode is. 
Um, so I will do some checking on that, Eric, and and and, and let you know. Uh, it might just be a mislink, but it, it does exist on a server. It just may not be linked uh, to there directly right now. There might I might have missed a step in linking them. So I'll, I'll check on that and find out. Cool. Where I'm glad I'm glad there's people going back and doing old episodes so that we can kind of catch these things because our, our with 181 episodes our stuff yeah. has become massive and so it's really hard to. In fact, I, I think well, I'm, I think we're ready to start moving another. 30 or so episodes off to the other server so that we can maintain having room on the server that we're on for our new stuff. To give you perspective, Season 2 was Episode 43. Episode 43. Well, that definitely wouldn't be available in iTunes, but if he's been getting them, he's been getting them from uh, our website, so that's probably a website issue. Uh, Because Children of Earth was 79. Okay. So... 79 wouldn't be on iTunes either. Yeah, you're right. Okay, we'll I'll do it. some checking on that, Eric. Thanks for bringing that to our attention. Oh. Season 2 was uneven. Children of Earth was phenomenal, but dark. There you go. Now you don't have to go back and listen to it. But Season 2 was better than Season 1. Yes. We decided that, didn't we? Yeah, I did, at least. <laughs> uh, one of the things that Glenn said in the Children of Earth review struck me with stuck with me, and I felt the need to comment on, as I remember hearing the mistake one previous time. Please forgive me if someone has gotten to this before. Glenn was ranting about how he hated what Russell T. Davies had done with Stephen Moffat's character. Sorry, Glenn, but even though Stephen Moffat wrote Earthly, uh, Empty Child and The Doctor Dances, which introduced Captain Jack to the Hooniverse, Captain Jack, Ar- uh, or Jack Harkness is RTD's creation. Davies wanted an exotic companion that was a nice contrast to Rose, so he came up with the concept of Jack. Moffat's contributions to the character were his initial presentation and his career as a con man, that RTD was responsible for his omnisexuality and his background as a renegade time agent. A fan wanked to reference TTV favorite, Talons of Wen Chang. <laughs> Sorry for not citing sources, but I'm running out of time and you have Google. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I certainly agree with that, Eric. Um, the the thing that I have a problem with is this: not so much that, and I, I probably did pin down Stephen Moffat's character RGD. The problem is, is that it's the RT, Doctor Who character. It's, it is. It's, it's overall because I thoroughly enjoy when Captain Jack returns at the end of uh, or at the beginning of Utopia, and is there all the way through to um, sound the drums. Sound of Drums, uh, Last of the Time Lords. Lord. And then when he again returns for uh, Stolen Earth and Journey's End, Journey's End it's, it's that Captain Jack that I prefer, no matter who's writing him. It's whenever they, the Torchwood Captain Jack shows up, there's such a stark contrasting difference, which, don't get me wrong, is necessary for how they're doing or how they've done Torchwood. But I thoroughly enjoy the Captain Jack from Doctor Who because he's a different type of Captain Jack. And I, I like that aspect of it better. I, I probably just misspoke in the sense that I was crediting that, that to Stephen Moffat. I don't. Although I think Stephen Moffat, his writing is what, even though the ideas came from RTD, the, the, it helped the, set the, tone. the character, yeah, was, the tone was set by Stephen Moffat. And so even though even later he's not so much the con man or time agent anymore, he's, he's just, he makes a, a better companion and a better character within the Doctor Who universe and I just don't like him in Torchwood. And so that's what I've always meant by saying that, by separating the two. So, um, And the only reason I say I don't like what RTD did with him is because it's at the point that RTD decided to 
enter him into Torchwood and use him in a different way, which, again, I I can justify or understand why it was done for Torchwood, because Tor- Torchwood is a, a vastly different show, yeah. and it needed Captain Jack to go that direction. But I don't like that. I don't have to like the fact that they took Captain Jack that direction because I enjoy Captain Jack much better in Doctor Who, in all of the Doctor Who, everything that he's that he's been in in Doctor Who. He always feels like that character that we were initially introduced to every time that he's used in Doctor Who, and that's what I like about Jack. Okay, he continues. About big finished <clears throat> subscriptions, I just looked again. It certainly looks to me like you can pick a period of six or 12 consecutive months from any time in their catalog and not only get a discount, but also get some exclusive audio plays that are only for subscribers. You guys might want to look into these so you, you don't miss out. I'm glad you clarified that also for us, Eric. Now, to tie this more to the subject line... Did we... Did we mislead him on that? I don't remember misleading well, him on that. Well, I looked it up and we we, we were unclear. We speculated, we speculated we didn't about know. how the subscription might have actually worked. I don't that it's not that you get to pick. Oh, you know, was I here on this conversation? Because I don't. I, I knew you didn't get a pick. You just you signed up and once well, I got. No, according to him, you get to pick a certain amount of time from that right. Catalog. But it's but it's it's still a consecutive. Yeah, it's that's what oh, it's right. still consecutive. Yeah. I guess maybe I misunderstood the conversation. Okay. You can go back in and, and grab a subscription, back but but it, yeah, it's it's still consecutive. Oh. Yeah, I didn't. I, I knew you couldn't. It wasn't like all a carte. We couldn't subscribe all a carte. Oh, okay, okay. I, that's I, what we weren't clear I, on. That's why I was surprised website, by this. We, okay, the website, gotcha. didn't, from what I saw, didn't really make it clear. Yeah. Cause, it well, because I have like it's you sign up and oh, you get the next twelve. Months. Oh right, yeah. Well, and you can. I mean, that's you that's can, that's the idea it. is they want you to subscribe now and get twelve months. But you're able to go back. That's how I've picked up some of the extra stuff is by subscribing for X amount of time. So. Gotcha. Now, to tie this more into the subject line than just fuzzy goat pictures, the <laughs> pictures, not the goats, <laughs> while I have obviously not heard of this story or any of the others with Charlie, I have heard a few reviews of yours and know a bit about her from them. A few weeks ago, I was doing some outside work when it occurred to me that Charlie's surname is descriptive. Let me explain in case no one else has pointed this out to you before. There is an old technique for growing certain types of commercial trees called copachine? Copachin? I don't know how to pronounce that. It's copachin, I believe. Copachin. It involves cutting the tree down at the base every five, uh, 7 to 15 years, depending on the species. The tree will then start growing again by forming new trunks around the old stumps. This helps keep the tree young, increases fruit production, keeps fruiting areas manageable and within reach, and allows you to regularly oh, and allows for sustainable harvesting of wood. So what does this have to do with Charlie, you might ask? Well, Copachin is great. Copachin? Copachin. Copachin is great, unless you regularly have animals in your orchard that might like to eat the fruit and leaves off your trees. If this is the case, you might want to cut the tree off at a point much higher off the ground, out of reach of the animals, and have the new growth form, ar- uh, form around that cut. This is called pollarding. Does not sound like a metaphor. F- Does this not sound like a metaphor for Charlie's life, with a trunk being cut beneath Charlie's legs or Charlie's life before she was supposed to die, and the new growth around the, the cut being her life with the doctor. Interesting idea. Eric, you're far too deep for this podcast. I'm going <laughs> to refer you over to the uh, 
probably Verity would be a good one, I think. For <laughs> I hadn't thought of that. I'd never even heard of that phrase. I didn't know that's what that was. Doesn't that sound like the metaphor of Charlie's life with the truck? Yeah, I think you're thinking too deeply into it, but if somebody comes forth and says, yeah, hey, that's what we did, kudos to you or for, that's for seeing that, but I don't... I don't I, I think that's reading into something a little more. I'd have to have somebody come and say, "Yeah, that's what we did." Before that's I would buy that, but yeah, Mark. that's that's an interesting theory. To well, the what idea, else could it be? it adds depth to the idea. It could have been a cool name that I think Town said uh, Pollard. We'll go with Pollard. Beneath <laughs> uh, a cut with Charlie's life before she's supposed to die in the new growth. I can see where you're getting that from. Yeah. I, Oh, interesting theory. I'm intrigued. Keep going. Okay. Well, he says, well, that's it. Next time, Eric. P.S. Yeah, the pictures were crap. I'll try to get to him <laughs> in the daylight when I can take pictures of him with the fence between us. Okay. Well, from the green glowing eyes from the second picture, Eric, you should have called him Sutek. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know that's from The Flash. <laughs> Reflection on the back of the, what is it, iris? No, Sutek wasn't in The Flash. Sutek <laughs> was in Doctor Who. Yeah, he looks more like Sutek in this picture. Very cool. Thank you for the pictures, Eric. Yeah. We'll still post them on our website. Keith, we'll get right on that. <laughs> I will get, I will do that. All right. Up next is Chrissy. Chrissy writes, the secret of good Lego building. Symmetry. <laughs> Dear Vortex Boys, I've got to keep this short, but I hope all the dad types out there have a great Father's Day. Also, thanks for the kind words and encouragement about the five-ish Fangirls podcast. It's a little nerve-wracking and exciting all at the same time, but we do appreciate all the support we've gotten from you three and also your listeners. So, wait, wait. And if you have not seen, episode two has been released now. Oh, I have not seen. Yeah. Like I know, I've been waiting on it all day, and then I had to come over here, and it still wasn't enough. It's been posted since then. Ah. I'm looking forward to listening. So, I have absolutely no idea what Something Inside was about. I listened to it twice, and the only thing I remember is people yelling about a brain worm. A brain worm escaping from the doctor's mind, playing variations of eeny, meeny, miny, moe to figure out where the brain worm was, and everyone died except Team Tardis. I guess it didn't make that much of an impression on me. I hope it's not vital to the rest of the Ace Doctor story arc, because that would be awkward. But I do remember Memory Lane, and I loved it. The Doctor, Charlie, and Cariz are dropped in a perfectly normal-ish neighborhood, but everything gets weirder and weirder as the story goes on. The characters are interesting and fun to listen to. The story is strange enough, but not so strange that it completely loses me. I guess there are just enough familiar touchstones for me to get into it and then just go along with the mystery of what's going on to enjoy the ride. Also, huge points for making Lego part of Doctor Who canon. <laughs> Continues to poke that particular grumpy bear. That's all I've got for this week. Oh, I finally did manage to get the poll for the book club up so people can go vote for what they want to read in July. And here's a link to the poll. Chrissy. Keith will get that posted on the website. <laughs> well, he, he can include that in show notes. Thank you, Chrissy. Thanks, Chrissy. I usually just link to the uh, group, so... Yeah. <laughs> Go vote on the poll. Hmm, let's see here. All right. Next up, then, is Holly. 
another member of the Five-ish Girls Fan Club. Or Fan, fan Girls Club, no. We're part of the Five-ish Girls Fan Club. Part of the Five-ish Girls. Five-ish Fan Girls Podcast. 181, something inside memory lane. Hey, guys. Great last podcast. Dr. Phil, thanks for your audio feedback about the Twin Dilemma music. Glenn, I hope that Mason's doing better after his surgery and has a very speedy recovery. On to reviews. Something inside. Not that much to say about this one. Nobody's got much to say about this one. It was a decent audio, but I do admit that I did have to rewind the audio from time a time or two to keep track of the action. The Doctor loses his memory in this one yet again. Man, seems to be a running theme with the Eighth Doctor. Uh, all in all, the Mind Worm was a pretty ca- creepy character. Memory Lane. This was an enjoyable audio. The whole... The whole thing with the Legos was cool. This is the reoccurring use of green. Oh, the, uh, excuse me. Then the reoccurring use of green days, green sleeves, was a nice touch. The whole thing with creating a world to make you happy was That's interesting, and that the creature, <laughs> sorry, just... creature using the memories to survive was struggling uh, while dealing with careers. It was nice to see some more backstory about Charlotte's mother, even even if it might not be quite real. I loved how she was at first a little upset that that Charlotte skinned her knee after climbing up the tree, yet still very proud that she made it all the way to the top. Another scene that I enjoyed was when Charlotte wasn't too concerned as to why the doctor was looking for an ice cream truck, but I think she then realized how serious it was when he told her that the ice cream truck had taken the TARDIS. I'm thinking the doctor might want to go... Get a low jack for the TARDIS. <laughs> I've lost count on how many times that the TARDIS has been dragged off by someone. Well, I'll wrap it up here. Looking forward to hearing everyone's thoughts on these two audio adventures. Holly from Wisconsin. Thank you, Holly. Thanks, Holly. That's not a bad idea on that low jack. Isn't it funny that he can sit there and be overly concerned when somebody takes the TARDIS, but it can fall out of a spaceship or an airship, or bob around in the ocean, and he's like, eh, it'll turn up. <laughs> is it just <laughs> is it just needs of the episode now? I mean, are we to that point I where it's it just, is, really. whatever the script calls for, we're, that's what we're going to deal with it? <laughs> How can we make it so that they can't get away easily? That's kind of always been the M.O. Well, let's move on to our reviews. That's yes, it for our, uh, our feedback. Something Inside. While the Eighth Doctor finds himself in a prison for soldiers given psychic powers, Carriz is left at the mercy of the torturer Twist, and Charlie has to escape escape the dreaded brain worm. Dun, dun, dun. Solid. Yeah, very solid story. I liked this one. What was that? I don't know. Somebody buzzed. Must have been my phone. Mine's in my pocket. Keith, lead us off. It's a bit discerning uh, when you start the story with, because it it does the kind of nice little time jump forward and backwards in the first episode, which kind of makes really make, caught my attention off the top of having the focus of what's going on and why is oh between where the doctor is and yeah. where the charisma. And well, the I mean, because they the, the doctor's there, and then but then he. It flashes back to it's almost like 17 hours ago or whatever would be on the screen, but yeah. you don't have that because it's audio. Right. And I, I don't really remember Big Finish doing that very often, from what I can recall. So I thought that was kind of a nice new way to start it, and 
get my attention off the bat. And then you meet you meet these great interesting characters and I didn't know where it was going or what was happening with the mind worm and it just unraveled and became so much I love the idea of okay humankind built or made these psychics to help fight their war and then then they can really rehabilitate and they had to lock them in a prison that's such a neat idea I think and it kind of is cubish like the movie Mm -hmm. the cube kind of has had that feel to it a lot too. Well, sort of echoes the same concept from uh, uh, a town called Mercy, where yeah, they get engineered uh, super soldiers and then had to basically. What do you do? Yeah, it's it's do a great question because what do you do with super soldiers after the war's done? Right, right. Well, you got to do something with them. I thought Twist was a little over the top in his torturing, and. <laughs> He was a bit senior chewing as far as that goes. He was very mad scientist. He was very... Wringing the hands. Yes. (laughs) If he had come out of Iron Sky, I would not have been surprised. (laughs) I think think Twist missed his calling. He should have been a Nazi. (laughs) Yeah, he he was a bit bit much. But I did like um, Latch. I thought Gordon Latch was an interesting character. And... uh, was it Tessa was the other, mm-hmm. the, the main powerful one? I thought they were very interesting characters. The older, more sensible yeah. character who ultimately turns out being the most dangerous person. Well, yeah. But it was still... It, I I didn't know what they were going to do with the brain worm. And then when they laid that reveal out there, I was like, wow, that's pretty impressive. And that also shows how powerful she is, that she can keep it at bay in her head. Uh, and then... I kind of had to laugh at Rod, uh, Raiden when he's so very much doesn't believe any. All, he he's turns on a dime once kind of they get to the point where he doesn't believe about the brain worm and that it's somewhere else. And then all of a sudden, once he sees evidence, he's all <laughs> all the opposite direction. It's kind of like, holy crap, oh, you're one of those guys. I got you. I got you. But I also thought uh, Charlie had a lot of great stuff to do in this. She got to kind of explore and got to try to unravel what's going on. Uh, Cariz felt a little underutilized, I thought. You can tell that it's almost from the companion's point of view of the story that Charlie's used a lot in that sense. Well, yeah. So Cariz almost becomes this tag-along. Yeah, he's he's the one who's being tortured. It's used well in the sense that he's being used against the Doctor in order to get... The, for Twist to get the information out of him, yeah. or not Twist, I the other guy. I feel so uh, bad, uh, Raiden. Yeah, Rodden. Rodden. Uh, I feel to get so the bad for he has such a bad luck of it all, constantly getting tortured and the stuff with his brain. I, I'm really starting to feel really bad for this guy at this point. It almost <laughs> seems to justify this thing that's this psychic thing head. that's abs- absorbing. Different people and Which characters and traits kind of and nice personalities. That we get a little bit of payoff of that next yeah. story too. So it almost—I I was a bit weirded out by that in the past, and and almost had a just a disdain for that idea or that concept. Yeah. Now, and the the more things that happen to him, the more sympathetic he. Well, I, and he's getting to use him. it, even in this, a little bit to his advantage. Yes. As as opposed to it being a weakness for him. Yes. Yeah. Um, Paul McGann did such a phenomenal job in this too, even though 
he's the doctor through most of it, doesn't know much of anything. Like, the amnesia in this, I thought, was very interesting, because he knew who he was, he knew what was... And just the the leaps of logic he took of, well, how do you know you're not a, a warmonger? Well, I would imagine my name would be warmonger then. I'm a doctor. I heal people. Obviously, that's what my name is. It's just such... He's still the doctor, even though he doesn't know who he is. That's how awesome Paul McGann is. And such Paul McGann dialogue. Yeah. It's, it's dialogue yeah. that... It's one of those things that I, I listen to these, and I frequently get to a point where I can't really imagine another doctor saying this dialogue. Mm-hmm. It kind of goes in with what you were saying, that I'm tired of hearing <clears throat> other doctors recite this stuff. Mm-hmm. Because it's dialogue that was written for that doctor. And there's so much of it that, you know, bring me knitting. Nobody else could have delivered that. It no. just that that was that was that's that's so Paul and so much of this stuff. Even when he's not himself, it's still him. You know. Somebody else brought this up. It seems to be a common theme in the Doctor's life, faith, the Doctor's life that he just is continually losing his memory all the time. It seems to be kind of the go to oh well, what do we what do crutch. we do with this doctor yeah and, and it's 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 happened in the novels i mean we start but i think that it's more so happened in, the in big novel. finish more so in the and, and it's happened in big finish i'm trying to remember the other times other than when zagreus took over well um, the one you didn't like um uh, well you went yeah, hell. 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 um there's there's been a lot of occasions well, see that's uh, i think that's one difference between this and Minnie went in hell is he still was the doctor, even though he didn't have his memories. Right. He wasn't as much in, in Minnie Went in Hill. Right, but it's still a theme. It's still a theme, saying. yeah. And, but I think that, that I, I think that writers, I think that's set forth because his first and up until recently only, only. appearance on television was he started out with memory loss. And I think that that's where a lot of people either subconsciously or consciously bring that from when they're writing these stories. They, they, but, they went to the Doctor Who, the movie, the Bible. <laughs> the Doctor loses his memory. He doesn't know who he is. Screams, who am I? Okay. That's what I got for this character. I what got I, him what lose I, his memory at some point. What I really liked about something inside was the fact that the it's it's written in such a way and it's performed in such a way that I can I really almost felt really, really disturbed by the fact that I, can, I can't imagine what it would be like to have... These just holes in your memory. Oh yeah, that's what. And I think it was portrayed well, that whole so well. Speech he gave when it took part of me, and I don't know what part of me it took. I right, mean, right. Such when, the, when, the, when the worm act, yeah. when he actually has the brain, that also essentially yelling at Charlie about it. That also sold it because yeah. I was the first five minutes were like, oh, we're doing another one of these where he's lost his memory and doesn't recall what happened I to him. Episodes. Thing. I did the same thing. Jeez, why are we going there? But then we got the flashback, and it was like, well, okay, at least you're going to keep my attention with it, as opposed to droning on and on and on with, mm-hmm. you know, I'm strapped to a table and being tortured for things I don't know. And then as the story progressed, it it just, it really, because it wasn't a typical amnesia. He obviously knew who he was to an extent, yeah. even if he didn't know all the details. And right. then hearing that speech when he comes out it's and describes holes, that hole yeah, there, yeah, I know so I know that I have forgotten something, but I cannot figure out what but it I is. I don't know what it is, yeah. And I just I can't imagine reaching for something in my own memory and not being. I I, I would presume it's probably like having Alzheimer's. I would think is it, so. You're just you're struggling to reach for something that just isn't there. It's just gone. It's been removed. You know it's there. You know everything around and surrounding that. But that's just got these holes in your memory, and that that would be so frustratingly agonizing to have to be. And, and I think it's portrayed, and it comes across well enough that I 
could imagine, oh, what would that be like? Yeah. That's just that would be horrible. And so I, I really like that aspect of it. And I was like Sean when I thought, oh, there we go, memory loss story again. <laughs> this is a common trait for the doctor, but then when it was done, it was done so well. I, 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 I appreciate it. Yeah. Um, I agree. I think the performances were so weird. Or so weird, so good. Um, it was quite the twist when we start to reveal where this brain worm has been yeah. residing, and then we find out that Tessa, who we've oh, and then, almost almost you you they've developed this comfort with her because she is that one that doesn't have the the homicidal thoughts like um, what's his name uh, Latch, and you don't have these. Well, you know, and she's sectioned herself off exactly. Because she she's trust separated them. because she doesn't trust the faction, and so. You just have this wonderful trust, and then to, to to drop that bomb that that's where this thing's been residing, it's like, whoa, <laughs> you know. Well, and then, but she's also it's it's almost comfortable the fact that it's in her because it's almost like it's a tad bit manageable. But because, because if it had been in anybody else, it everybody would have been wiped yeah, out exactly. So, and then going into the doctor and him being able to keep it under control and unlock his that memories, and then the Mexican standoff of we don't know who's in it. Yeah, that was great. Yeah. Enough. There were so many. I thought, okay, it's going to be this person. It's going to be this person. And then it didn't even. Um, it didn't dawn on me that it was going to be. It ended up being in Latch at the end. Yes. Wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Yeah, in I, I did yeah, not yeah. expect that to be coming yeah. since he wasn't even there when now, it I escaped. Didn't, I didn't listen Brilliant. to this. I mean, I listened to it. I hadn't listened to this except for recently because I listened to it four or five weeks ago. You'll have to remind me. I don't remember ending with everybody dying. Why don't mm-hmm. I remember that? I remember the TARDIS crew getting away. They get away. And oh, and I love and, the line. Um, oh, that this Latch was stays in the queue because everybody else, had, but Latch and Raiden. Right. I remember had, Latch staying behind. And Raiden went in there and like, sacrificed himself to make sure he didn't es- that Latch doesn't escape. And pretty oh, much okay, no, I remember for, that for too. atoning for what he had too. done to these people. Right, I remember that too. Okay, that, that was everybody at that point. Okay, at that there point, there was five at the end, and yeah. because it killed um, Tessa, and it killed before he uh, before Raiden ran off. How did Jane die? Because that's what I, that was the one she I died earlier. On. He got Jane earlier. Yeah. So it was between whoever the first guy that we don't get introduced to because it, it killed one guy first. Yeah. And then, oh, well, we, we had his name, but I don't remember it. Yeah, now. and it's not in the cast list. Yeah, it is. Um, but yeah, so he had died. So is then, okay, the so then she was she was later. Yeah, okay. I had forgotten that she had actually got off to kind of midpoint or a little later. Yeah. Did anybody... Now, until we got to that reveal, I was totally in the dark on the fact that this was a mental thing. Like I knew, well, they it was, kept calling it a brain worm. It was a brain worm. We just didn't know what it was, and we'd hear it running. And the doctor was kind of going, well, it's, "Did it's you see it chasing them?" Yeah. yeah. Did you actually physically see it? Well, of course I did. Did you see it? Describe it to me. And then she can't do it. And at, at that point, it was when I went, "Oh, well, maybe this is a projection of something. That this is, mm-hmm. you know, whatever this thing is, is 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 fooling with their minds." But I still never really. Until they came out and said, oh, yeah, it's a real thing. It's this parasite, and it's living oh, in her brain. In 75. <laughs> oh. Did I go, oh, my, because I just assumed there was a physical entity I to it. Yeah. Or, or at least was, a physical entity was being projected. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Which kind of is still what the case was, but not that it was just entirely mental. Yeah, yeah. I, I, agree. I would agree. At, or in her head, right? I would have still thought there was an alien bug somewhere right. projecting things to Correct. it. I, I just I, that was such a huge, whoa, you know, kind of moment. Um, yeah, there were so many things I did not 
it didn't go the way I expected it to go. So that's one thing this has up on a lot of other ones, is it wasn't predictable. The only thing I think I predicted in advance was, oh, this isn't actually a prism. And maybe the uh, psychic stuff a little bit, because they dropped the hints on early on about that, but everything else I did not see coming. Which I applaud, because that I'm kind of like you, Sean. I kind of can pick things out. Yeah. yeah. It's one thing to be led to that, you know, here's the trail of breadcrumbs and kind of be led along. It's another thing to just go, yeah, I'll meet you at the end when you get to... (laughs) Which I kind of had that with memory lane. When you get done mucking around with this stuff, I'll see you at the finish line because (laughs) I'm not enjoying the ride anymore. Yeah. But yeah, this one... This one was well done. I thought was very, very well done. So apparently this was originally planned to be in the Divergent Universe story arc. Yeah. Which it kind of fits in the tone and the atmosphere, I think. I think so, too. In fact, it this would have had, it, had it been in the Divergent <laughs> Universe, this would have been one of those ones in the Divergent Universe. I'd have gone, okay, there's a good one. <laughs> that was a good story. Which it almost feels like it would have been early on in the Divergent when they were doing the different sections, you know? Yeah, likely. I don't know if that's when they planned to put it in there, but... Yeah. Yeah, this would have elevated the uh, the Divergent Universe a little bit in my mind. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else about something inside? Yes, I don't know. I, we've kind of hit on everything. So. Um, yes, actually, the incidental music. What was up with that? Did anybody else think that was really... for uh, As strong as the story was, and as cool as the ideas were, I felt like the production itself kind of fell down on the job. Because we had this very strange incidental music that played, because behind the conversations, particularly uh, between the doctor and who's the guy, the prisoner, uh, not the prisoner, but the uh, the warden, Ronan, 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 they're they're having these heavy, weighty conversations, and in the background is this little. It's almost like fifty sitcom music. It was like, what is this? Why are you playing this? Sure, you weren't hearing Sid Meier's Civilization. I'm sure I wasn't hearing Sid Meier's Civilization. (laughs) I don't remember remember that either. It's. I can't say that I remember the incidental music that much, and to me, that says that I didn't notice that element to it. Because if I don't remember it, it, to me, it did its job and was correct. So, but then there was also sound effects because there were a lot of. The sound effects, I thought, the sound were effects pretty, were really well done. Oh, see, I thought they were yeah. really horrible see, because oh, the, see, there was a lot of walking. Did, did you guys imagine uh, the smoke monster every time the memory worm came out? Just the noises it made. Keith, I will never no. imagine the smoke monster. <laughs> All right, fine. ever. No, I just I the, that's, the, that's what I the scratching noise I was okay with, but there was a lot of scenes of them walking. How do we get out of the prison? Well, we're going to walk, and then big, heavy, clumpy boots on metal grading. That but, didn't but wasn't that expected in a big giant prison cube? But but, I mean, but not with. I think you're on. I, you, not with Charlie. Why are you listening to this on? Because sometimes I have my headphones in. Sometimes you're oh well, because sometimes your stereo audio. You always complain about certain things, and I think you just got your settings wrong or something. But nah, I had my you had headphones, your headphones on. on. Hmm. But yeah, well, like it, Charlie it could have been was walking. amplified for him more than it would have been. Maybe that's because mine that's was going through an RF module. No, I, I, I listened to mine on, on a car stereo, so so did I. So yeah, maybe I just picked up things you guys didn't. But yeah, just like, like the, Charlie's talking, maybe it's and not there's meant this to be listened to with headphones on. Nothing was. What is she wearing? Combat boots? I mean, I just nothing was over. I guess I always just assumed it was somebody else clomping. One of the guys. 
I don't One know. of the guys, she was with the uh, I don't mind footsteps. I mean, I don't time. mind footsteps. Obviously, you need the footsteps to convey that we're walking. Okay, I get it. But it just, it really felt overdone. Mm-hmm. It was overproduced. In my mind, it was overproduced and the background music. Defense. Those are my only complaints about it. Yeah. I mean, I uh, thought I, everything I else was top notch, but I thought that was really strange. I didn't think that. The, some of the. The walking, I thought, felt echoey. But that's all I can say. Yeah, but but not, the reason. But again, in my mind, I pictured this giant metallic cube yeah. that was a prison system and so you're going to have yeah. some of that metallic echoing yeah and that I would have been fine with that but the, like I said it just didn't it just didn't match huh. it just it felt really <laughs> I might have thought different if I listened to it in headphones I don't too know. though so. maybe you know mountains out of molehills so that's my only yeah. if you guys didn't notice it I'll leave it be <laughs> <laughs> well let's move on to memory the music certainly did not stand out to me so the Eighth Doctor, Charlie Pollard, and Cariz arrive in a suburban street which appears to be endless, and every house on, its, on it is identical. When they lose track of which house the TARDIS is in, the need to escape from this humdrum hell and to discover its true purpose becomes more pressing. It has something to do with an ice cream van and a lost <laughs> astronaut. Dun, dun, dun! Uh, I'll give it that, because I enjoyed this one okay. much more. I, I found it more predictable, but I it was more fun to listen to. Something inside was a great story, but it was very heavy and very dark. Yes. This was the other side of the coin. This was light. It was yeah. light. It was fun. Yes. And there was a lot of great character I, moments. I think I tend to lean towards the more that the, the stories that I hate to pigeonhole these into one type of story, but this felt more like a Doctor Who story to me. And so I think that's why, I, because it was more enjoyable. I thought the Doctor... Well, I think the performance was very solid and probably even more solid in um, something inside. This was this more was in more character that, with the Eighth Doctor. Yeah, this, more, it was more lighthearted and more reverence. funny. Yeah. yeah, I had the reverence. To These it. shoes are wonderful yeah, moments exactly. in this. Yeah, especially with the ice cream and. So I think that's what I enjoyed about it, and and, and it did. It was it was a comedy of errors at times. Especially with the ice cream truck running off, and the and I could just imagine the doctor running down the street until it disappeared, and then coming back out of breath, and Charlie saying, "It's just ice cream. I'm sure it'll come around again." And then having to say, "But the TARDIS <laughs> but was that, that, <laughs> it took the TARDIS." And it's like, oh gosh! And that's when the story really gets going yeah. because otherwise it's kind of like a <laughs> wandering a around con- trying to find yeah, out what's let's find where on. it is. Has Annika Wills always done Charlie's mom? I think so. I believe that's right. Okay. Yeah, I didn't. I. I, I may be wrong, I but I, I think I had read that a long time ago. Well, what was, the last, what was the last thing she would have been in? The one with the house, right? I'm so, trying to remember. I'm, I'm looking up her character now. Uh, the last one was The Next Life. Oh, that's right. And before that was The Grayest. Well, and then there was one real early on where they were in it's, the house and they were bleeding over. According to Curtis Wikia, it's Annika Wills yeah, for so, all of them. Okay. I think we had pointed that out on one or at least one story Must have been, before. Yeah. yeah. So. It's been so long since we listened to those, though. I would give the first half of this story a Donna, <laughs> because I agree with you okay. guys. It was light and enjoyable and, and fitting with the character and weird. Very Doctor Who weird. Very, oh, look, it's all the houses are the all same. The same. Well, they it, keep it, showing up with the same, the same woman. It almost kind of had an in- eerie Indiana feel to me. Yeah. I mean, it's it, just one of those kind of light nonsensical what it's the hell so appropriately named <laughs> <laughs> yeah memory lane um and and the fact that it doesn't matter just the, i love the, the the montage bit where they're knocking on doors and the doctor is 
accepting tea and biscuits at every stop. I, I got the impression Char- I went into the wallet. And Charlie's like, have you seen me before? Okay, never mind. And then Chris is just blue box. No, thank you. He's touch with the character. He's yeah. so, you know, mission oriented. Well, get in, and, get out. And get even the thing. Charlie, as she gets further along, she yeah. gets shorter But and I mean, she, she starts off being very polite and sorry to bother you and everything. <laughs> but, and the doctor's just like, yes, I'd love a cup of tea. Can I come in and watch your telly? Oh, what's in the backyard? I mean, he's yeah. just. See, I got the impression she, he never left that. He that may first not have. Oh, he, he did. Went to, he, well, he went next door. Back well, he back. also, yeah, went across, across the alley, yeah, across and, the went, alley. And, and went into that house, and it was the same house that he'd been yeah. in. Yeah. But then I thought cool. he went back. Have you seen me before? No, of course you haven't. <laughs> <laughs> so at that time, he's figuring yeah. things out. So, uh, so much of that was great, because that's that's a weirdness that Doctor Who seems to pull off better than most yeah. you know, most shows. <laughs> Who you are know? you talking to? I, I was talking to you. Because <laughs> 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 he, he was in the other yard to the other Mrs. Was it Brody? Body? Brony? Brody. 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 This is Brody. But the second half of the story, and I was excited because this is, a, uh, was it Justin Richards? Or no. Uh, yeah. No. Yes. Uh, Who wrote Gary it? Russell directed Who wrote Eddie, Robson. Eddie Robson. Eddie, Ro- Eddie Robson. I love Eddie Robson stuff because Eddie Robson wrote a lot of the Eighth Doctor adventures that I've listened to already. And so when I saw oh, some of his later ones. Some, some of the really enjoyable ones were Eddie Robson's. And so I saw this and went, oh, Eddie Robson, I'm so happy because it's going to be awesome. And I don't know, maybe my expectations were yeah. a little too well, high at that point. Because this was his first of the big uh, the Doctor Who mainline. Uh, okay, that might explain it then. He hasn't quite got it down yet. Because I really felt like the second half of the story, once we get the plot, where it's this astronaut and he's being kept in this prison, and even which I was like, oh, for another prison, and at least Chariz commented. <laughs> what, what, what is it with, with the TARDIS and prisons, prisons Um It just felt like I. Uh, what's the deal with it? And then, okay, we're using the astronaut to recapture things. And then I realized, and this is maybe nitpicky, I don't know. We took part of the plot of Galaxy Quest, where we've got these aliens who think that the television is real, that these are historical documents, but it's kind of flipped a little bit, that it's we have to recreate it because we can't remember it. That was a nice element I didn't expect. Yeah, I didn't expect it either, but it it seems like we took that and then took that god-awful next-gen episode, The Royale. (laughs) Do you guys remember this one? Yeah, the Early first season, they beam down to this planet, and it's nothing. It's complete black nothing. There's no features of anything. But there's a hotel, (laughs) casino. And they go in the doors oh, to the casino, yeah, okay. and it's this 1930s era, yeah, you know, that. thing. Well, they find out that apparently an astronaut from Earth crashed on this planet and had a book called Casino Royale or something, not the Bond one. And so they created this illusion, and that's where he wound up living out his days. They find a skeleton in the bed and a NASA outfit in the closet because the aliens didn't know anything and just assumed that this was how people on earth lived was based on the contents of this book and he they were trapped in there and they couldn't get out and everything was the same and everything kept repeating because they only had you know 200 pages of story to go off of to know you know the events of this that's what the prison felt like is that it was very much so cold from this astronaut's memory of something pleasant that okay we're going to plug that into here and he's stuck in this and as soon as i made that connection it jerked me right out of the story, and I was like, that's unfortunate, because I didn't didn't, didn't make that connection. The the only thing that 
kind of pulled me out of the story. Says I like the idea. I, I'm, I'm with you. The, the first part of this thing seems very different than the second half of this thing. But I like that because it was almost like we were going a certain direction with it, and we changed dichotomies. And I, I thought that was a neat like bridge into something just a little different that I wasn't expecting. The only thing that happened to me is when we got into that second part, I kept thinking Truman Show. That was just the, to me. It was uh, the only thing yeah, I could equate it to too. was the Truman Show, and the idea that there was there were observers that were watching what was going on in this life, and they were using this pilot, his what had happened in his life and his memories in order basically as entertainment fodder for the for the masses on this planet, and so that was the only thing that, that it didn't really take me out of the story. It was just say, okay, I'm, I can equate this to something that I'm familiar with. But I, I, I actually like the idea of, in fact, right up until the end, we keep calling it a prison, a prison, a prison. And had this been somewhere on Earth where somebody would have known better or a species that was, was doing it for malice or for if he had broken some sort of law and or hadn't broken a law, but they said he had or that kind of thing. Because I, I think of the Star Trek episode where Will walks on the grass and yeah. they're going to suddenly going to kill him because that's a that's a law there. But when they got to the end, and it, you almost realized that the, the 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 beings that are keeping him don't know any better. Yeah, that this is kind of well, because they, they they basically record it in their memory. They don't have any way to keep. Well, they don't have a long term memory exactly, they and they have memory. no way to keep. So I kind of like well, the idea that it was almost a misguided, and I almost, I almost wanted up until the very end, I almost wanted the doctor to reprimand them for what they were doing instead of helping them out. But on the, in the, on, you know, on hindsight, I looked back and I thought, it's it's almost a a for, forgivable instance in the sense that the doctor just figured out a way to give them what they were naturally using. Yeah. In order to it progress, a, you know, well, and not and mess with the prime director, it, it, you know? it, it wasn't a prison so much as it was a green room. Yeah, exactly. Well, he's, exactly. he's waiting here until he goes on. Right, and they were going to exactly. put him back here. Exactly, and well, then he would go on again. Yeah, the idea also it's first contact with an alien life form. Mm-hmm. They don't have any other. There's not like they could send him home. Right. He was there, so it, I, I I totally understand why. He, they acted the way they did, and I would agree with the doctor and how everything went. And I appreciated the the character of Sarah, who actually made it home. Yeah, and felt so like guilty about the fact that she she had made in. it and just couldn't fit in. That she went back to, to kind of find him, so that as well partially to to justify. Kim. It was Kim. Kim. Oh, it was Kim. I'm sorry. The yeah. actress was Kara, Sarah. Sarah Plater. Um, yeah, Kim. Who you know, and then went back in order to try to rescue him, not because she was number one feeling guilty for leaving him there, well, not knowing what happened to him, and number two trying to justify what you know what had happened because it was almost that you know she came back so much later that it was yeah, like was, she didn't like you said she didn't fit in she couldn't find a normal life so she was going back to something that she was familiar to drama then yeah, yeah exactly yeah well and I really liked her and Kara's relationship of how he did that's it. what made this. Second part of this story, the best yeah. was was just their interactions and the fact that she. <laughs> the best is when he gets the gun from her, and he says, "How does it work?" And she says, "Why would I tell you?" Well, first you got to take the safety off, and I thought, "You dummy!" <laughs> and then she says, "Why would I tell you?" And he says, "Because then I'm going to start pushing buttons, and I might accidentally find the kill setting." And I thought, "Oh, that's that's true." That's <laughs> so then she gives him the information that he needs. Uh, so I thought that was that was really well. They and played it was just, off it each other so well. Out. Yeah, they just played off each other and so it gave, well. It gave characters such good depth and, and something character. to do. Yeah. yeah, something to finally do in the story to 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 make to to, to 
matter in these stories. Yeah. yeah. And, and see, I, since I didn't go to the next-gen story, I really like the idea of this prison, of what a clever way. You can even put multiple people in this prison, and it creates a bubble around them and creates a happy memory for them, and they just live out their life. Mm-hmm. That's kind of clever. I really, I really appreciated needs. the fact that Charlie didn't fall for it. Yeah. Well, because well, she started. She well, she started to, to but I mean, but ultimately, she, she was aware of it. That's well, what that ultimately, like. yeah. you know, that she she was when her mom showed up. There was that moment of her going, "Oh, this again." Hi, mom, and she she's still happy because right. I mean, obviously, right. she gets to visit her mom. Right. But it's kind of been that recurring thing with her that, "Oh, we're going to throw this up," and I know it's not you. Whereas so many other people would have been stuck. Oh my god, I'm so happy to see you, Bo. And then had Agreed. that heart wrenching, tearing away bit. Agree, like, but the longer she's in it, the more right. she 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 well, and falls she into it. And I like pretty that. quickly yeah. to the little girl. Yeah, I like. Yeah, that when a lot. she has to go home from from Tim's house, uh, at the, I almost Tom's house. Tom's house. I almost could visualize her skipping down the lane. Yeah, yeah. you know. Oh, absolutely. Little pigtails. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just. Uh, the, I think the thing that was the the t- the toughest to deal with is the fact that they instead of creating the pleasant memory for the doctor in order to abstract, extract the information on how to get into the TARDIS they put they the, the tortured they him tortured him essentially which I thought was interesting they started in the sense where they gave him the, the nice memory of defeating the, yeah. the, the dictator and and, and and how much fun do you think that scene was to play oh that's brilliant doctor yeah. and so <laughs> genuinely like, excited for just, him and then turning around and, and changing that on him and, and using the companions against him in that sense which another reason why it was almost like a Gosh, you can't, you've got to reprimand these people and punish them for what they've done, not reward well, them. It's it's the stuff with the doctor that makes you go, okay, they should be punished. It's right, not the stuff right. with Tom He's that like, makes you say Or even that. with Charlie or even with yeah, yeah. anything else that's going it's, on. It's the yeah. torturing with the doctors right. where you're like, okay, wait a minute, you've crossed the line now. <laughs> this far, no father. <laughs> there are four lights. Um yeah, I, like I said, I don't. I, I just, I felt as the story went on, I just felt myself, and, and I hate that that might be the reason for it, but I just felt myself growing more and more distant from it. I just, I couldn't get into I, it, I, despite I, all the really strong elements. Because, like you said, Kara's was strong, Charlie was strong, the uh, uh, Kim character was strong, and the Doctor was great. He was, this is my Doctor. Yeah. This is so eighth Doctor of him to run around and do things and buy people ice cream and, you know. <laughs> And I love the joke, the, the pun on the, you know, what's the most lethal thing in the bakery? It's all of the bun. And he cackles. He goes, well, it's funny if you know him. <laughs> you know, so he still gets to name drop. <laughs> Just that, I don't know. There's so much to like there. The joke on the stick of the ice cream. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That was right. That was I actually had a little trouble getting into it because for some reason, I, I, don't, I think it's just my, the audio file I have. It just sounded very different. It didn't. It sounded distant in a way, like hollow. Hmm. You guys didn't have that. that And I had a couple of instances where uh, they would like jump mid dialogue and skip. I had. I had actually. I'd come to think of it. I'd had pops in mind where it would go, and you could hear a. See, it never skipped, but you could definitely hear a drop out. It was mid word and boop off to a musical interlude and gone. I think one was on purpose. I don't think the rest were. Hmm. I didn't have that problem. Hmm. My Interesting. But despite that, I really enjoyed the story. Yeah, I, I did too. This was uh, both both of these stories were very solid, strong stories. Both enjoyable. It's always it's always nice to listen to two, especially when we do two audios back to back. 
to have two very enjoyable stories together because there'll be sometimes, especially when we were doing the Divergent Universe, where <laughs> you'd have one that was really good and then one that was painful or one that was really yeah. bad and one that was good. And So it's, it's nice to have some consistency, especially with these characters that I've grown to love. And I'm finally starting to warm up to Chris. I'm so. really liking Chris. I loved how he solved the mystery of the prison. Of here, feed here, on me. Feed, yeah. yeah, take yeah. this. That's him taking those yeah. ideas or those different people in his mind and yeah. using it to his advantage. So perfect of a character move. It becomes yeah. a defense mechanism. Yeah, I mean, I it's like so that. great. Or an offensive mechanism. Oh, sense, yeah. Let's, let's go and attack. Mm. Yeah. It excites me, honestly, to no end that you guys really liked this one. Just from the standpoint that, it, because for all of the reasons that you did like it, that's what Eddie Robson is strongest at See, in his other stuff. This, this story made me excited. The, the to tone, hear the more slightly now goofy, the, the, the weird nature. Those are the things that he just he takes this little nugget of an idea and then spins it on its head. Well, and you're going to be like, oh yeah. How you much know? of that? How much of that, Sean? Too is that that those stories are only an hour, and this particular one was two. So that might is, be. is he better in smaller? That might, that might be. I mean, know, almost in this one, maybe feeling like he had to he, he, fill. Well, they did two spend hours, so yeah, much yeah. of that first episode kind of doing nothing. Yeah, where they could have gotten the business much quicker. Yeah. So that might be that might be to his benefit that they're yeah. shorter stories. He also wrote one of the Unbounds. I'm excited to read or to listen to those. Those are that's uh, going to be yeah. a fun David, time when we get into those. David Warner, some of them, not all. Of them. Yeah, yeah. No, there's d- different people, but yeah. You know. the, the one he wrote was David Warner and, and he, Davros. Any excuse to listen to David Warner <laughs> as the Doctor? Yeah. How cool can this get? Know, and a Brigadier. Hey, we're a long way from there, guys. <laughs> but it's still Nicholas Courtney. All right. Uh, well, is there anything else on this one you guys want to touch on? I don't think so. Let's move on to what's next on the schedule. Well, next on the schedule, we give you a bit of a, a, a an early bird special with uh, the early part of the show. Uh, for Friday Night Who, we're finishing up Enemy of the World, parts four through six. And then next week, episode 182, we are talking about it. We're going to discuss Enemy of the World, we're going to discuss Patrick Troughton and how awesome he was <laughs> and how much we all enjoyed the story and because we did <laughs> unless it falls apart in the last three episodes which I don't, because I still haven't watched it. I mean, I watched the, the, the three parts of Friday Night, that was still my first time. I'd oh, seen it. Right? I, I booted up episode one, like, I don't know, ten times since I bought the iTunes file. On your recommendation, Mr. Soapbox. But <laughs> I still haven't actually been able to sit down and I still stand behind that. digest it. And, and so it was just like I watched it and I loved it and I was so excited and then never got around to finishing it off or having the time for it because of school or whatnot. And so sitting down watching it, it was like, oh, yay. I was a little hairy going into Friday Night Who because only having the iTunes copy and realizing that, you know, well, we're either gathering around the laptop or because I can't cast it to my yeah, Chromecast man. because iTunes and Chromecast are like, <laughs> no. Um, There's a way to get around that. I should, oh, yeah, I, 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 I looked up the, it's like, yeah, you have to do this, this, and this and turn off this permission and strip this over here. And I was like, no. No, I'm no, not, there's I'm an easier way to do that, that. Sean. I'll, I'll tell you after the show. But I, I, I figured it out, so we got it to work. Oh, good. We watched it on Daily Motion, and there were no commercials. So. <laughs> there were no commercials on it. Not on the first three parts, oh, there weren't. Oh, nice. Wow. So that, that, that's, how, that's how we watched it. It's kind of ironic also that uh, Toby Doak's Who, Who's Round recently released a new episode. Uh, Talking Patrick about Tr- this story? Patrick Troughton's son, who was in Enemy of the World. Yeah, yeah. he's got a 
small part. Yeah. yeah. It was his first two role. So it was, that's kind of nice of, I watched this, and then I went off and listened to that. <laughs> there were so many people serendipity. that, you know, I thought I recognized, and then as Friday Night Who was progressing, I was like, oh, that is the so-and-so <laughs> from this. Like the, 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 what's his name? I don't know. He's Warren because he's in. The, yeah, <laughs> the, I know who you're talking about the yeah. old guy, the, the security chief, turned right. out to be the lighthouse keeper right. from Horror. Because oh. as soon as he spoke, I was like, oh, "I know you." <laughs> and then the other guy's the Castellan, and you know, I was like, "I know you." And you know, there were so many people that got reused. We're it was exciting to see him. Anyway, it's too exciting. It's too exciting. It is exciting. Uh, so we'll be doing that and finishing up uh, Enemy of the World, and then the following week, we are not going to have. A Friday Night Who. <gasps> because we will be doing a special Saturday edition Friday Night Who. This will be Saturday Day Who. <laughs> Saturday Who. I don't know. I just, uh, maybe we shouldn't do that because it's too weird to say. We'll be at British Fest. Like Saturday Day Who. Saturday Day Who. <laughs> Saturday Matinee Who. There we go. There you go. I like oh. that. Saturday Matinee. We'll be having a, set- a lot more words. Yeah, letters, so the, the, the hashtag will be huge on it. Um, but uh, Saturday Matinee Who, because we will all be at British Fest in Omaha. Once again, if you're in the area, if you're in Omaha, Nebraska, or in the area of Omaha, Nebraska, come out and see us, because we will be there, and we would love to meet you and talk with you, and uh, we're still kind of nailing In fact, we need to off-mic do <laughs> what exactly we're doing. Uh, but we'll be doing Day of the Doctor that weekend. So, uh, yay, 50th anniversary stuff. Yeah. And then I'll have the rest of the schedule posted up. But you might want to start watching some Sarah Jane. Just going to throw that out there. For something we got planned. That's a truncated season, though, too. Yeah, season five. And that's that. All right. How did I get ink all over me? I don't know. It's from a shirt, pen. too. From, ah. a, from a pen. Huh. Or a squid. If <laughs> <laughs> that's going to do it for this week, until next week. Who's arm wrestling a squid? I'm Glenn. I'm Sean. I'm Keith. Cheers. Has this been here all show or most of it? Yeah. Really? You guys didn't say anything? I thought you would. I'm sorry. I figured you'd need to. I didn't know what it was either. Sean. Heaven forbid I show up one night with my hair Sean. on fire. <laughs> Who cares? <laughs> Good night, everybody. Peace out. You have been listening to Traveling the Vortex. Doctor Who and all of its associated programs are owned and trademarked by the BBC. No infringement is intended or implied.